Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find, find it at Romance in the Podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at Hello, I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, I made you guys watch The, the Prince, Prince and, and Me. So the reason I picked this movie is because I wanted to continue our... Royalty stuff? Yes, our acknowledgement of the stuff that the UK is going through at the current time. And I thought that maybe if we did a bunch of movies featuring royalty, that it might help <laughs> ease the transition, you know, over to King Charles. So, and... Honestly, I think we're helping. I think we're doing what we need to do to help out over there. So, like, I don't know that there's anything that can help Charles. He's already fucking up. I'm like, bro, you ain't even had this job for like a week. I mean, he's not King Ralph in it, though. But I, I honestly don't even know. I'm, I, I don't pay attention because I largely don't care. But I love any excuse to do bonkers royalty movies. And I'm here for this movie. But, like, had you guys seen this movie before? No. I had not seen this movie before. I, I'm seeing this as for the first time as an adult. I remember uh, going on a date to this movie. So it was me and a girl and like five of my friends. Five of the guys. We went. Yeah. And it, this one actually was like a legit date. I actually went. I think I'm pretty sure I went and saw it with a girl I ended up marrying. Mistake. <laughs> was it because of this movie? Were you so disgusted by this movie that you decided to marry each other instead? Or is it because you got her to give up her dreams to bury you? And then she realized that she didn't want that? No, it didn't work out. Let's just say it that way. So what did you guys think about it, seeing it for the first time? I'll go first, since I think Paige is going to have some very serious thoughts about this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Controversial statement. I very much enjoyed the first hour and 20 minutes. That's the worst part of this movie. Oh, yeah, because the first hour and 20 minutes, up to the point where he picks her up off the ground and puts him on the horse with her, uh -huh. up to that point, you're like, oh, man, this movie is driving home some real, like, shitty conservative values. Like, here's a woman <laughs> who has <laughs> dreams and ambitions, and she learned that all she needs is a dick. But a rich one, specifically <laughs> a rich one. <laughs> oh, of course, a rich dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has some pacing issues, first off. Oh, yes. It really I does. I yeah. thought the first hour and a half were almost a different movie where, like, he, like, goes to Midwest college and, like, learns how to be a real boy and then falls in love with Julia Stiles and they have like a cute relationship thing. Yeah. Do they? Well, for like a 90s rom-com, I thought it was pretty fine. Well, yeah. I mean, in the 2004, but yeah. I, I felt the romance in that time. And sure. then when he when she becomes like queen regent or whatever the fuck happens, the movie gets so terrible that I hated it because of the last half hour. If they would have just kissed at college and been like, I do love you. And he's like, and I'm a prince. And it just said the end. I'd have been like, oh. <laughs> 
Die. Okay. He learned he can he can win races by himself. But like, I felt like they helped each other grow in that time. And then like the last twenty minutes was like, let's stomp on all that shit we just did for an hour and a half. I don't know. I feel I mean, like you need the last thirty minutes to explain like that she didn't just give up on all of her dreams. Like I don't think they do it very well. If you cut but, off the point where they just kiss before she goes to Denmark, she doesn't then either. It's not until yeah. she leaves Den- to go to Denmark that I thought she was going to go to med school and he was just going to live in America like Harry or William or what is his face. We need to talk about Harry and William in in regards to this movie too, and and I will in just a second. Like Harry and William, like the real like prince and yeah. yes. Why do we? to talk about them okay whatever because i thought she was gonna be his like merkel and and then like he he was just gonna chill out in america while she's a doctor and they're gonna be like rich people or whatever and i was like cool good for y'all but i should clarify the queen regent is not what she is when she is next in line to become the the queen a queen yeah a queen regent is someone who is ruling as queen on behalf of somebody else that's the regent part of that yeah whatever you learn in D &D, nerd okay i don't care (laughs) whatever they taught you in marching band nerd i don't think i learned that in marching band oh the flute section is the queen regent (laughs) Flute gang, flute gang, flute gang. You know, the, those woodwinds always be in Queen Regions over there. Sorry if I sound different. I uh, went to Raleigh for like 24 hours to do a video shoot, and I came back and I feel terrible. <coughs> I'm sorry. I did take a COVID test right before we started, and it's negative, so. Well, yeah, because you didn't see Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. Come on me, bro. <laughs> Come lick a glass that Mikey drank out of. We'll fix that right up. Yeah, so Paige, I am here for your feminist ranting. So let's get into that. Hold on. For the freaks. All right, let's get into it. So (laughs) let's first address the pacing issues, which are... Are troublesome. Try working all night and watching this movie half at when you get home and half in the morning. I it it has been a weird week, as as a lot of you know, if you're on social media, where we had a pretty crazy health scare and that I did not get to sleep for like three days. And it was like a whole thing. And now things are kind of finally back to normal. Well, normal ish for the moment. Things are back to even keel for the moment. And I got to go to Le Creuset for like a day. Great. And then I had to come home and watch this movie. Minimum 20 minutes too long. Yeah, it's almost two hours. It is almost two hours and has no need to be. I think the first act of this movie is way too slow. Mm -hmm. You could get from A to B so much faster than we do. The second act of this movie is the best part of this movie. Yeah. And that's when they're like, you know, like at college, he comes home to meet her and they're kind of learning from each other. That's the best part of this movie. Amen, sister. I mean, that act is largely just coming to America. Yeah, exactly. Which works. I, I mean, that movie's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good formula. It yeah. has worked for a long time. Uh, at the end of that act. I was like, why the fuck is there still 40 minutes of movie left? That's what I said, Paige. What are we going to do in 40 minutes of movie? I paused it to go to the bathroom around this time. And then I came back to sit down to unpause it. And I was like, an hour? I was like, yes, yes, because the third act of this movie is almost a goddamn hour long. Yeah. Because then she's got to like go to Denmark and like the queen mom doesn't like her, which also the queen of Denmark in this movie is Miranda Richardson and they give her nothing to fucking do. And I'm like, how dare you take Queenie from Blackadder and give her nothing to do? She's also like, Rita Skeeter from Harry Potter. Rita Skeeter from Harry Potter. And she's Potter, great yes. in that too. We've never seen The Prince and Me too. She might have a bigger role there. I don't care. There's no, I mean, they also definitely gave her Hermione's cast off winter ball dress in that this movie. That looks the exact same 
It is the exact same fucking dress. It is the exact same fucking dress. Although I think this movie was before that. I don't remember when that one came out. But anyway, like, so she has this whole thing in Denmark. And I thought they were going to like Princess Diaries it of like, she's not ready to queen be queen, but then maybe she is. And then there's something with like, her doctors without borders or whatever. And there's a way that she can help people and still fulfill the things that she wants to do from that position somehow. Yeah. Like sort of like a princess die did with AIDS. Kind of something. Yeah. But then no, she's going back to then graduate, but then he's going to be there. And it's like, wait for me to grab. It's just like, what is this? I thought he's gonna be like, I abdicated the throne and my sister will be queen. Yeah. <laughs> Arabella is going to nail it. But, Okay, so we have to talk about, because I, I deep-dived on this, Prince Harry and Prince William at this time. So, at the time this movie came out, Prince Harry and Prince William were, within a couple years of this movie came coming out, a little before, a little after, in college and in their early 20s. So, like, I think William graduates college around this time kind of thing. And they are universally known. Of course. In the tabloids as party boys, like hardcore ne'er-do-well party boys, specifically Harry. It is not quite a year after this movie comes out that Harry is photographed wearing a Nazi uniform to a Halloween party. Yeah, I remember that scandal, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that he is definitely supposed to be modeled after them in the early parts of this movie. That actually makes sense. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Um, but we will have some fun facts about the actual Prince of Denmark at the time that we'll talk about in fun facts. And he hates this movie. No, actually. Oh, okay. He was in the process of trying to marry a commoner at the time. I'll burn <gasps> the fun fact. He what? was in the process of trying to marry an Australian commoner who he met and she didn't know he was the prince and they like meet, start dating. She finds out he's the prince. It's his favorite movie. It is basically them as a movie and then they do end up getting married literally during the press tour of this movie. That's amazing. I'll be honest with you. If I find out one day that Mikey is the prince of genovia i'll be livid i mean like how dare you be keeping this from us how time? dare you keep those sweet sweet pears from us mikey you guys i am actually the prince of thieves <laughs> <laughs> he does steal ladies hearts so that checks out from a a feminist rage standpoint yeah let's get into it Ooh boy like we have <laughs> we have the initial layer of the beginning the first like handful of scenes of this movie i'll talk about that when we go through them scene by scene but they're arranged so poorly and are so off message for the rest of the movie they should be cut that should be the first thing to go um but the whole wedding thing of like, oh, all my friends are married. And then like, it kind of creates this idea that she secretly deep down just wants to get married. And I'm like, nah, she wants to be a doctor and travel the world. Like, let her have that. And the fact that that goes out the window after she just makes out with a dude a couple times. Yeah. Bonkers. And then still, and, and you could argue at the end of the movie, they're like, no, she's going to still get to do this stuff. No, she's not. She's going to go to school, and then as soon as she's done with school, he's going to be like, get your ass back to Denmark. We got shit to do. Like, that's what's going to happen. If they actually get married, yeah. Yeah, like, and we know they do their sequels. So, like, this this movie is basically, like, all smart girls secretly just want to be with a prince, right? Right. And I hate it. I hate it so much. I did not enjoy this movie at all. Yeah. Except... 
Because I did not find him attractive, really, until the second act. That second act is almost like it's from a completely different movie. That's what it felt like. That's the good movie. Yeah, absolutely. That's I agree. the good movie. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And during that second act, I was like, oh, shit. Like, maybe this just has pacing issues, but I actually do like it. And then we get to the third act, and I'm like, fuck this movie. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think best case scenario, she gets to be like a healthcare advocate in Denmark right. for, you know, like sort of like Princess Di with like her, her AIDS advocacy in like the 80s, like back when Reagan wouldn't even say fucking AIDS. Right. Like she was actually out there like hugging AIDS patients and shit like that. Like she did like amazing work around that. And I could see Julia Stiles character doing that same sort of thing, but she's not going to be able to be like a practicing doctor, like is her dream would suggest right. or whatever, you know? Well, and what I wanted that would have fixed some of this for me, very little of it, was <laughs> for her to find, because she does that thing where she like takes a picture with those little kids and like, yeah, for her to find something happening in Denmark that she can invest in in that way. Yeah. And for her to have a kind of realization of I can still be impactful and I can still do a lot of the things I wanted to do in this way. And that's how I'm going to compromise the two. I would have kind of been more on board for that. I feel like this movie tried to be like, no, 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 she she's going to go to Johns Hopkins, but it doesn't give us a real... Like, it, it really does it as an afterthought, 100%. To the point where if you told me that they had come back for reshoots and, and reshot that graduation scene on the lawn where it's, like, all together, I would have believed you. <laughs> I mean, this movie ends with her, I assume, going to Denmark and getting married. She does not go to medical school. They kiss. They get back together. They go to Denmark. They get married. She's the queen. She just doesn't go to med school because all she did was finish her undergrad. No, 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 no. You guys are thinking too big. Here, he came back. He watched her graduation. She kissed him. They fucked that night, and he went home. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm kind of here for that movie, but. So he's King Mikey is what you're saying. Like, I, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> he's got responsibilities, bro. <laughs> and sometimes... <laughs> We just don't have time to text every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I have absolutely said similar things. Yes. Yeah, I got to go. I'm the king of Denmark. I'll see you later. See you later. But it's implied that he wants her to finish medical school, but I don't think she ever gets to be a practicing doctor with Doctors Without Borders. No, I don't think so either. Although it depends on what her dream is. I could also see like, I'm never going to watch the sequels, hopefully, unless one of you two make me. But like if they in the sequels set up that she realizes that as the queen of Denmark, she can impact instead of like one patient's health, she can impact literally like community health and do stuff on that level. Right. I would be here for that. That's fine. Like that, that is right, a right. noble goal and stuff too. Like I could see them writing it that way and I'd be fine with it, you know? Right. I think you could have done that in this movie and yes. better utilize the time you had. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You sort of mentioned it too. Like there, she doesn't find anything in Denmark that she could like sink her teeth into and like impact right. as queen. Except for him. Well, <laughs> they don't ever do anything with her once she's in Denmark. She literally is a prop the entire movie when she's yes. in Denmark. And that made me sad. Like when she walks into parliament, she just stands there and like waits for him to finish. And then they run back out. And then when they, he fixes the trade dispute, they sit up above the table, like in that room. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? They just sit there. They're not like reading books for the six hours it takes to like resolve that trade dispute. The queen, who is also with her, and Julia Stiles sit there doing fuck all for six hours. Like, I was so upset that they were just props. They're props through the whole movie. Yeah. She exists to, like, bring about his life change, and then he briefly teaches her about Shakespeare. 
She exists to prop him up this entire movie. It's gross. It is. Yeah. Well, yeah. He had to teach her about Shakespeare, Paige. Women can't read. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't know what the customs are in Denmark, so I assume Mikey's right. Because he has proven up to this point has to always be correct about international affairs. <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, what is the governmental system of Denmark? Like, the king seemed very involved. I think he is more involved than like the uh, king of England. And I think they actually throw some shade over that because he's like, unlike some other monarchies, we actually play a role in government. <laughs> and I was like, damn, the king of Denmark's throwing shade. Yeah, they are a constitutional monarchy, but they are a hereditary monarchy, obviously. The oldest from what they say. They're not the oldest. Japan is the oldest, but. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I mean, they do say that in the movie, though. They're just wrong. They do. The yeah. movie gets it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but they are also a parliamentary system. So yeah. I think it's kind of a, and, and again, I'm probably wrong, but I think it's a thing where the king kind of serves kind of the way our like vice president does here. where like the speaker of the house. Like they cast the deciding votes. I think probably. that's in the Senate, though. But yeah, it's the Senate. Right. Technically, the vice president is the president of the Senate. Right. And that's why they can cast that tie breaking vote. Yeah. Right. I just think in this case, they only have the one parliament. Yeah, it's just parliament. Right. And I don't, I don't know if it's broken into like the House of Commons and House of Lords yeah, like it is know. in the UK. But I honestly don't think we should even speculate. Nope. Because we don't know. And it doesn't necessarily matter for the movie. No, I just really do want to go to Denmark because they have great pastries. I'd love to go to Denmark, too. And my only fear is that if I went every time I talked about it, Mikey would roll his eyes and make fun of me. Yep, as he should. Right. Absolutely. Um. I honestly I was just thrilled to see that Kevin McAllister's older brother finally got to college. Sure, he was 35 when he went to college, but he made it to college. Was that him? Did you guys recognize that that was him? Yeah, I not until right now. Yeah, I noticed it immediately. I was like, oof. Oh, Especially, man. I think it's because he looks pretty different than he did in Home Alone. But I've seen him in the news recently for some pretty shitty stuff. And he looks oh, like no. an older version of the way he looks in this movie. So I recognized him immediately. What I don't like about that character is that this is back in the 90s when they're like, video games. Look at this fucking loser. Again, this is 2004, but okay. Whatever. <laughs> they're playing the original Halo, Mikey. Yes, I was going to say, I was like, I had fun, in Fun Facts what they were playing, and it was the original Halo. I mean, I didn't need to look it up. I know that game. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, he's like, don't touch my Xbox. Okay, so first off, Soren's the only good character in this movie. Fucking love Soren. I found Soren more attractive than the prince for most of this film. That's interesting. I found Julia Stiles' brunette friend way oh, more yeah. attractive than Julia Stiles in this movie. Well, Julia Stiles also has my worst haircut from this time time period natalie said the exact same thing yes <laughs> like she natalie was like i had this haircut i hated it <laughs> i had it it was bad Oof, that was a traumatizing haircut yeah thankfully it grew back out before i went to middle school because holy shit it was bad but soren in this movie i think is the second best soren of all time behind soren Bowie. oh i do like soren Bowie. Uh, actually first best soren is Wait, did you say first best Sauron? Yeah, he crafted the <laughs> ring, the one ring to rule them all and to bind them. His eyeball watches over campus. Yeah, I like the guys. I don't know. I feel like Sauron Bowie could take on Sauron. Oh, yeah, um, yeah maybe because he's a, a giant meat mountain. Yeah. Don't know about that. Sauron's an actual mountain. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I don't know. I feel like Sauron could figure it out, though. I will say that I'm pretty sure the Sauron in this movie is named after Sauron Kierkegaard. Uh, Probably. Danish philosopher. Yeah. Yeah. And Soren Kierkegaard is responsible for one of my favorite Twitter accounts of all time that doesn't post nearly enough and probably hasn't posted in years. But it was Kim Kierkegaardashian 
where it would just oh combine like Kierkegaard quotes with Kim Kardashian tweets. Oh my God. I love it. If you don't know who Soren Bowie is, he was like one of the head dudes that cracked for a while and then left when they fired all their good people. Yeah. And is now currently a staff writer for, I think, American Dad. He's great. I mean, to be honest, almost every person I liked from Crack that got fired during that time has gone on to do bigger, better things, and I'm just happy for them. Dude, I just I just listened to Swaim, uh, Michael Swaim on Behind the Bastards, and he's now- Oh, those Columbus episodes are so good. I know, they are so good, but I love Michael Swaim. I, I followed Michael Swaim from before he was on Crack. Like, he, he did a YouTube comedy sketch group called Those Aren't Muskets, and if you can find yes. all of those sketches, man, Swaim- is a like so funny i think legit crazy ass genius i love michael swain anyway but you're right all the people that cracked got rid of back in that and cracked is a little bit better now than it was right after they fired everybody because they did realize that oh we actually need to create our own content too oh see i i haven't read it since they fired everybody yeah i mean i haven't really gone back but i have seen like some of their newer stuff on Facebook and like Instagram mm. and stuff. And it's not nearly as bad as it was in that like dark five year period yeah. after they fired everybody. But everyone that was like some of my favorite people at Cracked have, are literally doing better things now. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Kim Kierkegaardashian. Yeah. By age 30, you should have three close friends, mortification, solitude, and dread. <laughs> like, or I trust this email finds you in a vortex of despair. Uh, God grant me peace from my foolish earthly desires, my wild longings, the anxious hungers of my heart. I'm craving Froyo so badly. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we get into the movie so we can go through it scene by scene? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We open on her interning at a lab. These are fast-moving credits with lots of plot happening at the, in the background. It honestly starts like a Law & Order episode because it's like South Bend or wherever she is and then it shows it gives the it time. time. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what is happening right now? And I get it because they're like jumping between what she's doing at this time and what he's doing at the exact same time in Denmark, right? I get it. Right. It just felt very like we were going to get like a stapler in this movie and I was here for that. Why would they need a stapler? A state i can't stabler i can't detect a stabler (laughs) anyway um i will i will go through this because they depict more actions than could take place in a day let alone the time they're saying they took place yeah and it makes no sense so i'll point it as we go along she is looking at cells under a microscope and she gets surprised by the other lab technicians because i guess she was their intern they give her a birthday Danish. Yeah. Winky blinky. Yeah. Winky blinky. She gets in her truck. She drives home. Uh, and at this point, we do get the title card that says that this takes place in Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Now, does that sound familiar to either one of you? Absolutely not. No. Oh, so you don't think it's interesting that this movie takes place exactly where making a murderer does? I'm sorry. What? It all makes sense now. You just blew my mind. Paige, I am literally going to drop in the dun-dun-dun after you say that because that blew my fucking mind. If she had been an auto-trader photographer, I would have lost my mind, Paige. Right? Uh, No, Manitowoc, Wisconsin. That's where they're still keeping Brendan Dassey. 
Poor Brendan Dassey. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. And by the way, those crimes and a lot of the stuff that happens in Making a Murderer happening around this time. I know, right? It was like literally around this time. And the documentary came out way after it, but like the events in it happened at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, it makes sense because to have such good in the world, like Prince and I, you have to make sacrifices and so bad things happen. I don't think that's how it works, but I, you might be onto something. I don't know. I do think it's interesting some of the things that they per- portray as like, yeah, this is Wisconsin. This stuff happens. And then in the back of my mind, I just like picture everyone from making a murder where they're just like, go get your court because because you have to go to court because and you're just like <laughs> it's full on Fargo. See, to me, her home did not seem like the North Manitowoc area. It seemed like the South. Or Texas. Well, here's the other thing, too. And you know what? I'll spoil this now. Uh, this was filmed in Toronto during the summer. <laughs> oh, no. The movie is bad with time. So it's really yeah. bad with time in this first section. But also, she goes home for Thanksgiving to Wisconsin. Yes. A place known for its fucking winters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And there is not a stitch of snow on the ground. Everything is sunny. We're having outdoor tractor or I'm sorry, your lawnmower races. And it's not even cold. They're in T-shirts. It's nonsense. But then even further, it's implied that they then finish out the rest of their semester or quarter. Right. Which would end right around Christmas. Great. So as they're finishing finals, let's say it's January, maybe depending on the system they're in, like that means that they would go to Denmark, another place known for its winters, yep. and there is mm-hmm. not a stitch of snow on the fucking ground. So, Paige, I just looked up average temperature in Wisconsin at Thanksgiving. The average temperature is between 32 and 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep, that's snow weather, my dude. <laughs> yes. And they're running around in t-shirts. They're running yeah. around in t-shirts. Now, it definitely had heavy Texas energy instead of, like, yeah. Wisconsin. And I know it was Rural yeah. Wisconsin is very agricultural. So let, let's get into this. I expected to uh, drop this fun fact later in the game, but let's do it now while it's fresh in our minds. Uh, one of my best friends grew up on a dairy farm in Wisconsin. Oh, you mean the lovely Andrea Gazetta? Fun fact. No, I don't. Oh. But she also did. <laughs> I just knew that she wouldn't be awake at 11.50 p.m. when I had questions. Right. But my friend Doug was. Oh, you mean Dugga Gazetta? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doug, uh, Mr. Douglas Fager, I texted him at 11.50 p.m. Quote, is lawnmower racing a real thing in Wisconsin? This is for research. End quote. <laughs> I love that that text is bonkers, but honest. Like, there's no lie honest. in that. Right, you right, right. Not a single lie. You have actual very important question. Yeah. I had a very important question. He replied at 1.23 a.m. <laughs> this man clearly was sober. Uh, actually, yes. Uh, oh, okay, okay, has, okay, okay. Has been for quite some time, but okay. Uh, but he is a comedian, and we don't sleep that as is true. A people. Yeah. So if I have to like pick somebody to be like, I have a question at one in the morning. You text a comedian. Uh, he says. Mm, rings a bell, but I don't remember seeing it or it being a big thing. It just sounds familiar. <laughs> well, he got out. So like he did get out. Yeah. Well, yeah. But like if something ever vaguely mentioned something white trash or uh, redneck, right. I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar. That's yeah. like something I've been to. Yeah. Right. And it's one of those things where I, I didn't want to continue to pry 
But I have a sneaking suspicion it sounds familiar because he saw this movie because he's our age. Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe he saw this when it came out and that's absolutely where it was. But he would absolutely tell you that it's fucking freezing at Thanksgiving, which is part of why he comes to my house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> well, Douglas Fager, we appreciate your uh, exhaustive Thank you for the research. research. Yes. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so making a murderer happens here. And also, they don't understand what season or time of the year it is. Anyway, we cut to Copenhagen, Denmark. For 10 p.m. For 10 Which would be the same time, like literally happening at the same time. Like if they were on the phone with each other, they would, like she would be driving home and he would be about to start this race, right? Yes. That's how time zones work, Mikey. That is how time zones work. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it because hers is 9, 10 a.m. Yes. His is 4, 10 p.m. She's driving home. After her last day at the lab at 9, 10 a.m. Yeah, like she had the midnight shift or something at the lab. Because it's a meth lab. (laughs) (laughs) You never see their boss because, you know, he's out dealing with... uh, Tuco Salamanca? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the one. deals with the customers so the cooks don't have to. (laughs) He's a goddamn people person, Mikey. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But no, see, I had this question where I was very confused about what time it was where she was at and what had happened because that would imply that she'd been working all night and got off at nine. Yeah. No, she came in and they're like, this is the last day of your internship because you are fired. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> they got her that Danish because they fired her that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I was like, okay, me in my brain, I was like, well, maybe she's like a fellow. She's not. She's a college intern. Yeah. Which means you definitely can't have her be doing overnights alone. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I would imagine that if you're an intern, you would be working side by side with someone who actually has the job, right? I No, you might actually be doing the job, but A, most labs are not open 24 hours. Yeah. You guys, she was just moving boxes of microscopes and then was like, I'm going to be a doctor one day. So she poked her finger and got her own blood and put it on there to play to play with it. She was legit just playing researcher. She's like, beep, boop, boop. I'm writing beep, down. Boop numbers on this form they're like, <laughs> like thank you for unloading all the boxes last night and here's your last day you never had to wear that white coat but thank you i think what you mean mikey is here's your last danish danish, danish. danish. nailed it mikey's not wrong almost every person i know who interned either at a lab or even in corporate buildings or or like all kinds of they just end up like either moving files or unloading boxes it's like the always intern job But yeah, I was confused as to how she was working an overnight as an intern who has not even graduated with their bachelor's yet. Anyway, so over in Copenhagen, Denmark at 4.10 p.m., the Royal Beamer is doing donuts. I love how they like pull up in like a three series Beamer or whatever. And his friend is like, oh, you couldn't take the... Lamborghini out or whatever yeah. and he makes some excuse for not having the Lamborghini but in my mind he should have just said no we don't have the budget for that yeah. like, <laughs> we could aff- afford two BMW 3 Series which <laughs> like I have driven a BMW 3 Series my my mom briefly had a used one and that thing could fucking fly yeah I'm I mean they're not you. bad cars like I that's fine it's just like yeah. not the same cost as a Lamborghini right well and yeah I, I'm pretty sure a Royal would have a Lamborghini or, or a or Ferrari or, could have or something one. or sure. could have yeah. one. I did think it was funny that like he didn't bring the Lamborghini to race, but the guy who had the other BMW 3 Series was like, I think he assumed that he would be racing against the Lamborghini and there's no way a BMW 3 Series could keep up with a Lamborghini. Like that would right. have been Absolutely. the worst race 
ever. Which is why I think the prince got a, the same car. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, Mikey. I have no idea. It doesn't really matter because the whole time he was going to let him win anyway. Right, because he's the prince. Yeah. The prince has real Bruce Wayne pretending to be a terrible person energy. I don't think he's pretending. I think this prince might be kind of a terrible person. And he is. Months after this movie, he will eventually cheat on her with a Victoria's Secret model. No, I think this guy is Danish Batman. I don't know what the version of that is because one... He pretends to be a playboy in public. I don't think he pretends, Mikey. He's got a very trusty butler. He has lots of resources. And there's not a lot of crime where he comes from. But I also agree, Mikey, Bruce Wayne is a bad person. You're right. Oh, boy. I mean, Batman's terrible. Like, as a superhero, I hate Batman. That makes sense for you. Yeah. You don't like things that people like. Well, no, I don't like reinforcing the fallacy that the rich people will save us from ourselves. The police state? Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I, I in general think Batman's a fucking pussy and I hate him. I do. But also Superman is, I think, a worse example of that. I don't like Superman either. More of a Marvel lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, well, and and it, I guess for me, it wouldn't have to be Batman. But the one thing I do like is the idea of someone who doesn't have powers still finding a way Way to fight crime. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's move on. We can't talk about Batman all day. So they race. His friend lets him win. While that's happening, she gets in her cheese truck, drives home. What changes, right? Because she's going to a wedding. Yeah. Going to a wedding, uh, which we'll find out is, is 10 a.m. So she like rolls up to the church, barely makes it to the wedding. Almost runs over the bride and groom. Almost runs over the bride and groom. Let's talk about that. If, if she has worked all night at the lab, she is... Then immediately going to a wedding, she doesn't look tired. There's no like, hey, she's worked all night. Nothing. There's no, you look terrible. Like nothing in a movie that would communicate what has happened. I get what you're saying. I mean, she definitely is on coke. That's what we're all saying, right? Like she's <laughs> I, doing yeah. cocaine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just rails yeah. in the bridal suite. And so she's like 47 hours into a six day bender on coke. Like she is absolutely. Yeah, at the beginning. Stages. She's already yeah. fixed like one or two toasters at the lab. Like, yeah, <laughs> just so many business ideas. <laughs> and her screenplay is really coming together. So much so. We're going to make it like a trilogy, my dude. So she goes to the wedding and she's like talking to one of her friends, the other bridesmaids, which, by the way, these are some of the worst bridesmaids dresses I've ever seen on film or in person. These are <laughs> terrible dresses. I love the, the huge fuck off flower <laughs> chokers. And by love, I mean, they're they're terrible. Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. Yeah. Let me break it down. They are, number one, a style of dress that was popular at the time that I hope never fucking comes back. And Gen Z, if you do this to us, I will never forgive you. This is a style that if you had any sort of boob, you could not wear. Uh, it is a tube top, but it's just stretchy. So it's just like a jersey layer and then like a see-through layer that's not really stretchy. And so it always looks kind of wrinkled and doesn't flatter anyone. Like even the girls that had amazing bodies at the time or whatever... It didn't flatter fucking anybody. And then on top of it, the top of the tube top has these little like ribbon flowers that each match the color of the dress, but they don't match the flowers anywhere else. Then they've got a cape, a fucking cape, a weird see-through cape. And then they have the weird see-through flower choker. It's madness. 
They look like the green arrow, but in pastels. <laughs> like just, it's weird. Love it. Bad choice. Absolutely. Anyway, her friend's getting married and catches the bouquet and she's just like, oh, I'm still the single one. We cut back to Denmark and the prince is like, oh, the palace is boring. And this is the first place where we meet his dad and the queen, Miranda Richardson, famously Queenie from season two of Black Adder, who just sits in this movie stirring tea. We cut back to Wisconsin, where her dad, I guess, drops her off at college, where we'll find out that she's a senior. And her dorm versus his dorm, bonkers. Absolute madness. So the outside of her building looks like it's one of their housing halls, kind of. But it, I think it may be an, an off-campus apartment. We hardly spend any time there. Yeah. But it does look to be, like, it doesn't look like they have a kitchen, but they have, like, a living room and full bedrooms coming off of it. Yeah. It's it's a bonker setup. We only see it, I think, in this scene. And they, like, her roommate, like, shows off the dish TV, like, setup, like, satellite thing that she has. They're like, yes. look at all this technology. And I was like, you fucking losers. <laughs> oh, my God. And she has, like, all the DVD players and stuff. I was like, I haven't seen shit like that in a decade or more. Oh, yeah. When so I was crazy. in college, we had a similar setup. And they used little cards. You would slide into the receiver for this dish network TV or whatever. And I knew someone who could, like, reprogram the cards because the cards on it held like what you were allowed to watch right by dish network yeah so he cracked the card not cracked but like he fixed it so we could watch everything oh that's right because you went to a religious college i forgot uh no i went to mtsu wait what do you mean allowed to watch dish network had thousands of channels so like if you didn't subscribe oh, like oh, you they get didn't free pay hbo for okay. and like unscrambled pornography yes mikey for literally for wow. two two and a half years we had unlimited tv it was funny though because we only had one receiver and it was on our tv in the living room right mm -hmm. so like there were some dicey wanks happening at my apartment because like the Ooh, front yes. door was right there, but like the TV that had unfettered access to pornography was in the main room. Oh boy. No, but back in the day, <laughs> the cable boxes and the yeah. uh, satellite bo boxes, if you like ordered HBO, they'd have to come out to your house and like change out the card and stuff. Fuck. I don't I, Well, actually, no, that's true because the first time I had Showtime, right? Like in, in my first off campus apartment, when we paid to get Showtime, they had to come in and like flip a switch so yeah. we could have showtime. Yeah. Um, but on campus, and my sorority house was on campus too, so it, it applied there too. Uh, UC Irvine at the time, I don't know how it is now. At the time, they had campus cable. So like you just ethernetted your TV in to the wall and or like plugged in the coax cables or whatever. Yeah. And then there were there was like a special cable package that just came with your housing that you would watch that literally included like your basic cable package plus additional MTV and Comedy Central. Yeah. And that's what everyone had. You just like plugged into it. And so everyone was watching the sh same shit all the time because we all had the same like 30 channels. And so like most of us watched the same shit. And then when I lived in the sorority house, we would just constantly have it set to USA and it would play Law and Order all day. Hell yeah. And we had just like giant living room with all these couches and you would just walk in and at any given time there was like six or seven girls in sweats with like popcorn and like lattes just watching Law and Order. That it sounds like Mikey's like dream right there. No, I don't like Law and Order as much as y'all. 
That's also when we watched Cannibal the Musical the first time was downstairs in the sorority house. When I was in college, I'd be like, you guys have to watch this movie. Like tonight we're going to do Goonies, but tomorrow we're going to watch Nothing But Trouble. And they're oh, like, God. what's Nothing But Trouble? And I was like, well, and then like stuff like Cube and Session 9. I would like find like horror films that people haven't seen in a long time. I would do a curated movie night. We would do that in our living room, but also the campus would put stuff on where at night lecture halls, like depending on when it was, lecture halls in different parts of campus would be like, we're showing Lord of the Rings. Campus gave man kind of miss it it was a decent cable package like if you offered it now i'd probably buy it and mtvu <laughs> mtvu fucking slapped mtvu was a college only mtv channel at the time oh i had we had that yeah i don't know who was programming their music videos and shit but they had it fucking dialed that's how i found out about mika oh i love mika man especially his first album life in cartoon motion mm -hmm. so good like all the songs on that fucking slap it came out my freshman year yeah and they were playing it in the cafeteria love it so like before it even got released they were just playing the grace kelly music video on a loop hell yeah that big girls music video is like awesome i love i love that song too yeah so great anyway check out mika's first album yeah check out mika so we see her kind of walk around campus with her friends and all of her friends, it seems, worked over the summer as like travel company tour guides because that's what they're all kind of talking about. And we know that she's talked about wanting to go and explore. And for a hot second, I was like, well, then why didn't she do that? Like she right? did the intern thing. It's like, what is this? And then we never come back to it. Her whole personality is studying and she only could do an internship involved with that. Oh, you mean they didn't write her well? Yes, yeah, that is what Mikey is saying. Yeah, her internship definitely could have been a Doctors Without Borders kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, one of her friends claims to have made out with an Italian guy who was, quote, cute in a Mussolini kind of way. You know, those horrible fascist dictator kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, but young Stalin, though, bro. Yeah, young Ooh, Stalin, though. Young Stalin could, in fact, get it. You are right. Quit yeah. Stalin and get on over. Uh -huh. <laughs> anyway, they have a round of beers. The guy who owns the, like, campus pub basically gives her her job back now that she's back for the year. Yeah. So we know that she's going to be working in. It looks like it's part, like, kind of dining sandwich shop place. And then at night, it's the campus pub. Yeah. So we also talk through a bunch of her friends who all seem kind of directionless, but this is the only time we meet them. We don't even get their names. They never really factor into anything later, but half of them are seniors without majors. And I'm like, what? What are you saying? You're not going to graduate if you're a senior yes. without a major. Like, yeah. First of all, you're not a senior, basically, <laughs> at that you point. You may have been there four years, but you're yes. a sophomore, ma'am. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, what? We've all been there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand having multiple majors and paring down, but the fact that you right. don't even have one, I was just like, oh, geez. She's Miss Van Wilder, apparently. Like, there's only <laughs> one that doesn't have a major. The rest we're talking about, like, what their majors were, or that they came to their majors late, and they're just pointing out that, that she like, had changed their major six times. Right. Yeah. They're just pointing out that Julia Stiles was very driven. She always knew what she wanted to do, and she is like, she has this life plan. And they're like, sort of making fun of her for like having dreams and ambitions as a woman. I found this like very disgusting <laughs> well, yeah. okay because most of her friend group has one degree in mind it's the mrs degree yes yeah yes um this is where she talks about john hopkins for the first time and she's like 
but I have to take a class on Shakespeare. Mm. It's part of the humanities or whatever. Yeah. I don't. Maybe my school was different. I had to do one of those. I, I know everyone did, but they required you to do it in your first two years. Yeah. So that your two. second two were only your major classes. Yeah. I took intro to music. Mikey, what? <laughs> also, what is intro to music? It's just like a room full of like Fisher Price, like toy music <laughs> instruments. And you just go in there and learn to play a plastic drum set or like a plastic xylophone. This is a CD. This is a treble clef. Tre oh my God. It's a treble clef. Treble you beautiful clef. Beautiful idiot. It's a treble clef. Hey, look at this bass clef. You bass fucking clef. idiot. Big mouth Billy Bass Clef. Yeah, because I heard art appreciation was like really hard, so I took music appreciation or whatever. Art appreciation's way easier, my dude. You just like look at paintings and you're like, yeah, I guess it's good. No, you just look at paintings and be like, I'm pretty sure this guy was closeted, and they're like, A, a plus. Yeah. <laughs> you win every time. I took art appreciation, but I also, my school was weird where film was a humanities major. So I came in with AP courses that should have basically let me out of a bunch of those classes that I still had to Boom. take them. So yeah. So my humanities classes, my first couple of years, they were like, we're reading Antigone. And I was like, well, I've read Antigone four times, so I'm not going to come to this class and still get an A on the final. <laughs> I mean, but you can get away with that kind of shit in college. Like, yeah, because it's just the way it works in most colleges, at least I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so she, for some reason is taking a complete class on Shakespeare her senior year yeah. which is weird but also probably not a bad class but it is implied that she has to read like all of Shakespeare's works for that class because they're literally just like blowing through plays and sonnets yeah. later which is crazy like usually you'd pick a handful of works but whatever anyway so we cut back to Denmark where the prince is preparing to go to a meeting with his dad and his dad is like, do you read all the research shit? And he's like, I'm fine. I'll do it on the night. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. I don't know. I'm king when I say goes. Come on. Yeah. I've been ready since first call. I am ready. <laughs> he's such a whiny little bitch, though. I like, hate him. And they they flip him like a light switch. Like, yes, they, they do. There is. Yeah. You mean they turn him on? No. But I know they're trying to show a growth arc. Uh, and they eventually get there, but they do not show a shift. No. It's just one day he's uh, the worst, and the next day he's slightly less than the worst. Right. Like I do love that that switch comes the second he sees Julia Stiles' bare feet. Yeah, which is a health code violation. violation. I thought that too. I would like... She is literally like cleaning up tables at the end of a night at a bar. Let's save it for when we get to okay. it because I had questions for you as Shut a restaurant worker okay. about this. Okay. Anyway. I have questions about that whole restaurant's theme. I think it's like what what Paige was saying. Like during the day, it's like a yeah. sandwich shop, but at night they probably offer food too, but it's also a bar. So you're not going to get beer revenue during the day and you're not going to get sandwich revenue at night? I bet they do serve beer during the day, but it's like got more of like a restaurant-y sort of sandwich place vibe during the day. Yes. Because like yeah. students are go going to class and shit, you know, like, but d at night it turns into like sort of like the campus pub, you know, and they only serve pretzels at night. Though I think I think they're really missing out on some revenue streams. I do think so, too. I think they should serve food the whole time. Uh, but anyway, we're in this meeting for Denmark labor union trade negotiations is kind of what they're. Yes. Handling. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like. 
I fucking a secretary that is clearly twice his age yeah. across the table. He really is. It had real like Roman Roy vibes. Yes. Roman and Jerry <laughs> is my like, favorite couple on Secession. Yeah. Honestly, been rooting for them the whole time. I need to watch Succession. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you'd like it, Mikey. For me, it's one of those shows that's very stressful and I don't enjoy watching it, but I need to find out what happens. Well, check it out, Mikey. I think you might like it. Okay. But these scenes... Just established like he's a terrible person Like after this meeting where he Clearly is not paying attention he's like Doodling on the paper he's supposed to be like Reading off of and like using to like help Him get through this meeting he leaves and goes To his room and of course Soren his Valet is there and he's talking about how Hard his life is and I love Soren goes Well if you ever want to trade positions Just call me anytime day or night And I was like yeah Soren's gonna be my favorite Character in this movie based on that one line I loved it so much Soren throws Shade at him the entire movie yeah. And I am here for it I liked him until he shut the door And Julia Stiles' face No I was still here for it Because yeah. like That was the right thing to do in this moment And she needed to be realistic About what this life would be like Yes And I think he's one of the few people That's honest with her about it Yeah So he turns on the TV And I have notes and fun facts About the first thing that he sees on TV Before it goes into the Girls Gone Wild commercial Which by the way It's Girls Gone Wild Wisconsin? Yeah. Why? Let me see them cheese curd boobies. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like here, I'm not saying that people in Wisconsin are not attractive. That is not what the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is that Girls Gone Wild thrived on vacation hotspots. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like Miami, Austin, like you know, all these places that are going to have like a rowdy bar or a beach or a place where people would normally wear bikinis. Not the cold dairy center of the north like what are we doing here in my mind they were just like on girls gone wild 1678 oh, so be. they just settled on wisconsin 100%. yeah 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 yeah. and they were just we we rolled up to the local college bar yeah, and exactly this yeah. is what you got i guess yeah they got very specific towards the end just like this commercial <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Tractor Honeys, number two, Girls Gone oh, Wild. See, that's what it should have been is just like naked lawnmower races. <laughs> see women's grassy knolls. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> anyway, so he's like, that's where I've got to go, Wisconsin, which is weird for a couple reasons. Number one, the idea that he's never seen a Girls Gone Wild commercial before what they aired constantly at this Agreed. time they were inescapable yeah i thought because i didn't i've never watched this movie that they were both gonna go on spring break for like fun like get out of our shell kind of thing and it was gonna be from justin to kelly yeah yes. but like good <laughs> i honestly would have loved that picture soren and him trying to just find girls gone wild in spring break but instead he finds love oh I, that would make more sense. The other thing that I was like, wait, okay, so he's a prince and he's like a bad boy prince that has like scandals and stuff. Is he not just seeing topless models all the time? Because I feel like that's well with it. Just invite a lady to the palace and be like, all right, off with that top. Great. Cool. <laughs> like, what is this? That's me as as like the Alice in Wonderland king. Off with their tops. <laughs> I mean, Mikey says that when you come to his house, if you're an attractive woman, he's like, I am the landowner here. Off with yes. your tops. Oh, no. This is my Landowners. <laughs> this is my queefdom. Off with the tops. <laughs> anyway, so he decides that apparently to see boobs, he has to go to America. We're the only place that has them, I guess. We do have some good ones. Yeah. That's why we fought that war against King George III. Right. <laughs> That's why we poured all those boobs into the heart. Harbor at 
Boston. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Boston Titty Party. Honestly, I love that idea. <laughs> we got to go to Boston. Just a bunch of topless women jumping into the harbor. Like, <laughs> no taxation without breast presentation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, he goes to his parents and they're just like, the fuck you're going to America? <laughs> I do love that. He's like, you can't stop me. I'm a prince. I can do it with or without your help. I don't need your money and I'll just go. And they send Soren with him. Of course. But he, he stomps off because yeah. he's awful. We cut to college. He's like, good. I gave three rings to the Americans. My Sauron joke. Yeah, to the people of men. Right. I get it. Mikey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Two to the Demarkians. Okay, in America, where is Mordor? The South? For sure. But like specifically. It's in Houston, Texas. <laughs> That's where Beyonce's from. That's so specific. You, don't, you can't make yeah. Sauron the kingdom of Beyonce. Where does Beyonce live currently, Paige? In a hotel, in a fancy hotel. <laughs> in Houston, question mark? Uh, no, I think in New York. Yeah. Are you saying that Beyonce is like Gollum and that she escaped Mordor? <laughs> she is our precious. How dare you imply such a thing in Beyonce's America in 2022? Not Florida? We're not going to give it to Florida? Florida's too weird. It's like Tom Bimbaldi. Tom Bimbaldi? You mean it's Bombadil? Bombadil, you fucking beautiful idiot. <laughs> These are deep cut Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't read Lord of the Rings, you don't know Tom Bimbaldi. Bombadil. He's yeah. like, I could save America, but I won't. La, 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 la. <laughs> He's like, I could save America, but instead I'm going to wrap about trees. <laughs> See, this is why I, I struggled through Lord of the Rings where I, I was like, I hate the books. They're just walking and singing about trees. And I don't have the fucking patience and I hate hiking. And they always meet somebody. They're like, he's got so much power. He could really help us. Fuck off, you little people. Good luck on your quest. I don't give a <laughs> damn what happens yeah. to this world. Short people got no reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Because the one ring is pretty thick. Like, you'd put it on your dick, right? It would make it disappear. It would make all of you disappear. Yeah. But then the (laughs) ring race would come, and they would just see you with the ring on your dick, and like... And you'd be like, try and take it. It's like such a power (laughs) move. Yeah. (laughs) One... One cock ring to rule them all, Mikey? Is that Uh, what you're going to say? Yeah. Yeah. I was there with you. I was there with you. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, back to this movie. So sorry, Paige. So sorry. So she's walking across the street carrying the two-volume complete works of Shakespeare. Yes. Which I'm sure cost her $800 in the college bookstore. They almost run her over because the prince is somehow already in Wisconsin and enrolled with a placement and a dorm. Yeah, it's good to be the king's son. I guess. So they are, he's like looking out the window and he's like, this is amazing. This is America. And then Soren is like, yeah, it's Dairyland. And as he looks out the window, he basically sees the equivalent of their roommate later eating a bag of Cheetos. It is an yeah. unspoken fat shaming. But they also almost hit Julia Stiles. Like there's yes. evidence in this movie that Julia Stiles always knew he was the king of Denmark or the prince of Denmark. Mm, you think so? Oh, hell yeah. Because right in this moment, she sees that he's being chauffeured around. Mm-hmm. She sees the uh, Soren take his jacket off him later. She sees his fucking royal pinky ring. He's wearing the entire Yeah, he's movie. wearing the signet so, ring the yeah. entire so, time. So, yeah, unless she's an idiot, she would know. I don't know. I have a bunch of guy friends who wear a bunch of stupid rings. 
I kind of dig a, a, a signet pinky ring. That's like the one that I'm like, all right. I'm going to have one made for my family, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of cool. I've actually made one for you, for your family, Todd. Is it a signet it's, cock ring, Mikey? You're going to have to come and it. get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it, Mikey. Anyway, so he tells Soren to call him Eddie, whatever, and he goes into his dorm where they meet his roommate. Now, first of all, it is implied that they are in a triplet, but there's only two beds in the dorm room. I don't know if you noticed. No, there's there's bunk beds and there's one in the other one, right? What other one? No, I think they're both raised beds with desks under them. Yes. Yeah. I thought there were four beds. Okay, I'm sorry. No, mm-mm. Two beds. <laughs> Have no idea where that other guy's sleeping. You mean Kevin McAllister's brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like he lived there all summer. Otherwise, he has made that mess that morning. <laughs> yeah. I got the impression that like they just kicked him out of the house and he can't. he's not welcome back in Chicago, you know? Yeah. So he just stays there all summer. Yeah. But here's what I think was crazy. He's the prince, which means that like ev- even though he's like, I'm doing this on my own, campus would want some security on him for visibility in a number of things, especially if he has Soren with him. Right. Um, when Soren's with you, you don't need security, okay? Am I right? <laughs> the fact that they put him in a room with another student is baffling to me. All he has to do is dig up some Urukai. Oh, jeez. Some Urukai? Mm-hmm. Ur- Urukai. Yeah. <laughs> I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> I have never said one person's fucking name right in Lord of the Rings in 30 years. Except oh, for God. Bilbo Baggins. I don't think you need to add in Lord of the Rings to the end of that. I just, in general, you uh-huh. haven't said anyone's name right ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it took me the entire movie to realize that the only reason they have this roommate is for someone to tell her that he's gone at the end. Right. That's the only thing the roommate serves. It would have been way funnier to me if it was just him and Soren and Soren had to pretend to be a student. Yes. That would have been way funnier, but they don't do that. Or like have four people in a room, have a second character and have like Soren being a student with literally millions of ways to make this better. I think it's crazy that you're still calling him Sauron. (laughs) Well, yeah, all movie he's running after Froyo Baggins. Froyo Baggins? I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. Anyway, Scotty, the other roommate, comes in yeah. and he is eating just hand in a box of Cheez-Its. Yeah. Specifically Cheez-Its. As he says, I'm allergic to dairy. <laughs> He's just shoveling Cheez-Its into his mouth. It was hilarious. Uh, but he says, my Xbox is off limits. And if you touch it, I'll blind you with my laser pointer, which is a crazy thing to say. Of course it is, because we all know that that is called LASIK. Right? <laughs> He's like, thank you for curing my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I touched his Xbox and now I have 2020 vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we cut to <laughs> Campus Pub. Yeah. Where he and Soren go and, and order beers and they're just kind of people watching. But this is where we find out that the kitchen is closed. It's just the pretzel rods and beer. And this is where we first meet Julia. He first meets Julia Stiles bartending, even though he almost ran her over earlier that day. Yeah. So they have a couple rounds and then he decides he's going to go order one from her. So he like unbuttons the top of his shirt. You know, to make him sexier. Uh, he is he is what people at this time period considered hot. Is he? Yes. Okay. He's all frosted tips and nonsense. Yeah. But I would crack him in half. It doesn't do it for me. It's not until he becomes less of a douchebag that I'm like, okay, maybe. 
Right. It's not until it's revealed that he's the soon-to-be king of Denmark that Paige is like, oh, okay, I could see this. Uh, oh, oh, look at this guy. Oh, oh. I've known the whole time that he was royal. That was not a plus in my book. Oh, okay. I don't want to be a princess. It's not something I aspire to. Me either, but it's good work if you can get it. <laughs> it's good work <laughs> if you can get it. <laughs> anyway, he tries flirting with her in German. That's a bad idea. Right. And when it doesn't work, he's just like, I'm Eddie. Will you take your top off? And she's just like, what? And sprays him with seltzer and he gets thrown out of the bar. Yeah, like literally security runs over and like throws him out. Soren tries to like help him, but he can't do much. <laughs> More like Cousin Eddie. Am I right? Shitter's full, Mikey. Exactly. Uh, it's like a Cousin Eddie move. God, oh my God. That is a real Cousin Eddie vibe. <laughs> I, I, mean, I could see Cousin Eddie being like, why don't you pop out them boobles? Because <laughs> he's an insane person in that movie And in real life Yeah, that's the sad truth behind Cousin Eddie Yeah, anyway We cut to her O-Chem class the next morning Yeah And he comes in late Which means he ends up being her lab partner And he had no intention of actually going to class and shit Clearly No, he was just there to see Wisconsin's best boobs Which I don't even think he has Like, I mean, there's so many boobs in Wisconsin to see but I think he is attending classes hoping that they'll turn into themed pornos. They call them udders up there. Well, he does get hands on with some udders, Mikey. You're right. You're right. I apologize to the women of Wisconsin. <laughs> Those titties are utterly ridiculous. <laughs> I can't utterly wait. Ridiculous. I can't wait till we're like doing live shows in Wisconsin and Mikey can use that joke like at a live show. I can't wait. I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch I love it Anyway He's not prepared for class Which means that she could Potentially fail Because it's a group project So after class She's just like Hey asshole Be on time And bring your shit next time And he quotes Shakespeare To apologize to her Right and she's just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. So she goes back to her apartment and she's talking with her roommate while they watch Star Trek Next Generation. Love it. I love that, too. I was like, oh, Dana just ripped that robot's hand off. Oh, we used to watch <laughs> Next Gen in the sorority house all the time. Yeah. So like, yeah. And she basically as she's like, he's annoying. Like, I don't care that he's hot. And the roommate's like, so you admit that he's hot because this roommate just wants to get her laid. Yes. This roommate just exists to have no name and be a consummate wingman. Yeah, and I do love that she's like, but I mean, you want to take him up to the stacks and fuck him, right? Which we find out the this stacks is- This is the first introductions of the stacks, yeah. although that was a thing at my school. Was it a thing at your school? I also have fooled around in the stacks. Yeah, I mean, I, I did not do it uh, because ours were mildly terrifying, but people definitely did. Yeah. Mikey, what was yours like? It was um, risky. So there was plenty of hidey holes. That you could hidey in, Mikey? But you had to be careful not to utter a noise, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that when you make utter puns, Paige just shuts down. <laughs> Great. Utters. Anyway, so she's like, I would never take him up to the stacks. Foreshadowing. Right. So we cut to the next class. He doesn't show up. They're doing an experiment and it gets ruined because he's not there to help her. So she just like shows up at his dorm. He's still asleep. Yeah. And she's just like, you're a spoiled little rich bastard and you're a pain in the ass and I have to earn what I get. And are you make, making eggs Benedict in a dorm? Fuck it. Be there with your shit or drop the class. Bye. Yeah, she's talking about how like the great thing about this country is if you work hard, you can get whatever you want. And I was like, oh, Julia Stiles is so cute and stupid. I love how she thinks hard work pays off. This movie is very capitalist. Yeah, a lot of conservative values in this movie. <laughs> so she, she leaves 
and he gets up to have breakfast and Soren's like, by the way, you're out of money, dickweed. And he's just like, well, you're getting paid, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, not to cater to you. So like, yeah, not to give you my paycheck. Get a fucking job. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes and lies to the guy at the pub to get a job. Yeah, says that Julia Stiles recommended him, right? Yes, which would make me furious if I were her. And he would probably lose that job after he found out it was fake. I would assume so. Well, I mean, I assume that Julia Stiles does not like rat him out that he lied about that. But yeah, I would totally rat him out and he probably would lose his job. So that this happened when I worked at Sir Latab. Somebody had called around and found out who our district manager was. Oh, damn. Okay. And then uh, didn't list them as a reference. But during the actual interview was like, oh, I totally know them. Like name dropped them. Yeah. Name dropped them. So they got hired and then they were just the worst and like a total handful and kind of a nightmare. And finally, someone's like, man, your friend. So like to the district manager was like, your friend so and so is a nightmare. And she's like, who are you talking about? And then they like pointed her out on the sales floor. And she's like, I've never met that person in my life. And we found out that she had just like. Name dropped her to get the job. That's amazing. Don't do that. People inevitably always find out. Oh, yeah. It'll get you in trouble. Anyway, so she ends up teaching him how to use the meat slicer and we get a meat cute. Uh, I literally wrote that in my notes page uh, uh, because they know each other at this point. But this is like the turning point for Julia Stiles where she starts to like get sort of into him, right? Yeah, because they go nuts to butts over that meat grinder. Yeah, they do. It's such a formative moment for them as a couple. He buys a meat slicer that's just like the one they use to show her later yeah 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 which is a very weird callback it is it's so weird that she breaks up with him Paige. <laughs> she's like you know what i need to slice yeah. you out of my life <laughs> you're about to be the king of denmark and you're forcing me to make my own sandwich uh we have to break up <laughs> what's the next gift a vacuum feminism <laughs> i would like you to salami oh to marry salami uh, I'm trying to do a pun with me in it, but it's fine. <laughs> I think you just want salami, and honestly, love salami. Mikey, what it should have been is I want you to slob on me. <laughs> I have tiny mini snacking salamis in the fridge, and now I want to eat them. I have a tiny mini snacking salami <laughs> in my pants. In his pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we get it, Mikey. We get it. Uh-huh. But we've also all seen the photo, so we know it's not mini. Anyway, so what happens next is they have to go through closing at the restaurant and a few different things happen that are baffling. Number one, she gets to pick a song on the jukebox and she proceeds to pick a slow, terrible, boring song that no one has ever heard from somebody that is not famous and never was notable, not even at the time. Right. And is dancing to it out of beat. Which means she definitely played something different when they were filming this scene. And then they just put this song on it. A song that they then use four more times in this movie because I think it was the only thing they could afford because it's, quote, their song later. But they are also dancing to a different beat later, which means that they used a different song later also but here's where it starts this song becomes their song i was like that's wild because they don't dance together for the first time in this scene he is just creepily looking at her feet yeah that are featured in this scene well because she takes her shoes off yeah. as she's cleaning a restaurant which, which is by the way so gross Paige. fucking disgusting so gross. and it's like she would be doing 
what she's doing in this scene. Like you turn yeah. on music, you clean it, you're cleaning the bar, whatever. Like that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I've worked in restaurants. That's absolutely what you do. You would do. Sure, sure. You would never take your shoes off. No. Especially in the bar because like glasses right. drop, glass, there's glass sometimes. Yes. Like you just wouldn't do it. That My first thought was the floors of restaurants are fucking disgusting. Almost always. Um, yeah. But also there's almost always broken glass because even they, they break glasses all day. Even if you sweep it up, you're never going to get all of it. She is guaranteed to, at minimum, cut her feet up at, at like, worst to, like, really slice her feet open. Yeah. But then on top of that, bare feet in a restaurant is a wild health code violation. Yeah. Like, super not okay. Like, if the health department saw her, they'd be like, you don't work here anymore. <laughs> and we're revoking your serve safe certification, I think. Yeah. Like, it'd be bad. Fuck, I forgot about serve safe. Like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get recertified. It's always good to have just, it's one of those things that, like, doesn't take that long and is, like, right. nice to have in your back pocket whenever you need it. Anyway. Like a driver's license. Kind of, yeah. It is, a, it is sort of a license to serve. Yeah. I have a license to protect. Well, and also, Mikey, a license to serve the ladies. <laughs> oh my you know God. what I'm On the other side of the argument, pro Julia Styles. Okay. I think she t- was just doing that to get in shape. What? She just wanted to get athletes' feet. No. Oh Mikey. my God, Mikey. I didn't know where you were going when you started that joke, and I hate where it ended, but for some reason, I loved it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, bad. so, they make him go outside and hose down the mats. Uh, and she kind of like watches him do it and he's like hey and she says hey you actually you didn't do too bad today and he's like cool do you want to go to this dorm party with me and she's like nah I'm busy yeah and he's like what and Soren's like oh she rejected you and I realized that this hasn't happened to you because no one who meets you doesn't know you're royal. So no one would reject you. I do love that Soren's like, it's fine, though, because you guys are of different calibers. And he's like, oh, because she's not royal. She's not good enough for me. And he goes, no, you're not good enough. For you're her. not good enough for her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Soren. He's great. Yeah. Harsh truths. Yeah. Man after my own heart. Yeah, I love it. So we cut to the palace where this is the coughing blood into a napkin scene of this movie where we find out. <laughs> Paige, you're absolutely right because this is 100%. The only thing it's missing is him doing that. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where we find out his dad is very sick. Yeah. And also I think it's the first se- scene with his little sister. Arabella. At least, at least that she has lines. Right, right. So we see her and they lie to Arabella. They're like, oh, it's just a flu. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah, it's a flu that's going to kill him eventually. But yeah, he's got yeah, a flu. For yeah, sure, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut back to college uh, where we see that Julia Stiles is getting a C on her English lit tests. Yeah. So we cut to lab where he is her lab partner, but still bad at it. And... Uh, she's like, could you help me with Shakespeare? You seem to know Shakespeare. But she has a lot of trouble asking him for help. But, you know, eventually he's like, okay, but you have to help me do something else. Laundry. So we cut to them learning how to do laundry where he pours the most bleach I have ever seen undiluted anywhere into a washing machine full of clothes. Yeah. His whites are white, okay? <laughs> His whites are going to have holes in them. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to burn through his clothes. <laughs> and, and, well, and, and I guess maybe this is just time, sign of the times kind of thing where like this movie is almost 20 years old. Yeah. 
uh, and we just don't use bleach like that anymore, like laundry wise, or I, I guess some people might, but like there are other alternatives, but like, I don't ever remember putting that much bleach in the laundry. No, you're supposed to put like a little, like this much. If you even use it. By the way, when Mikey says this much, it's like a thimble he's making with his hand. He just doesn't yeah. realize what a podcast is and that you all can't see him. Right, right, This is right. just a Zoom call I have with my two friends every now and then. Oh, shit, Paige. We probably should explain to Mikey that he's on a podcast. <laughs> that, that we're not friends? Oh, right, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, the word you're looking for, Mikey, is co-workers. Paige and I are brother and sister because clearly my application has been approved to join the family wesley we're still waiting on your approval from sag uh um, son of a bitch someone <laughs> get sag on the phone for me uh, i've been in a movie this year so whatever uh we'll see if you've been in this movie i would not be shocked if all of your scenes had to hit the cutting room floor because a man that is as gorgeous as you would upstage their male lead and they just can't have it in their movie and I'm the only one with short sleeves in that Christmas movie. That is true. It does take place in California. <laughs> I mean, if your scenes all hit the cutting room floor, that's equally as funny to me as if you end up in the movie. Like, <laughs> it's win-win for me either way. I like how we say scenes like he's going to be in multiple scenes. Like, it is just like that one outdoor scene, right, Mikey? No, no, no. <sighs> no, then he was standing behind the wheelchair guy. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, my been... whole life goal now, my whole goal in life now is to have... I want to be the star of like a B or C plot of a Hallmark movie. Mikey, I will do everything I can to make that happen. I like 100%. I want that for you. Like I want to be like the store, the store owner who like they buy hot chocolate from who falls in love with the friend in the background of the other uh, Hallmark movie. Yes, Mikey. And I don't know how many people know this, but like before Mikey was on even the horror virgin, one of the reasons I like thought of Mikey to replace one of the people that left the horror virgin was because I already knew he wrote reviews on his Instagram of like lifetime movies. So like he has been a oh, genuine Hallmark love. Christmas yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was just Hallmark. Okay. So like he has been a lover of like this type of movie way beyond well, any podcast before. I don't know if it was before on the podcast or during Danielle McKellar. Oh, yeah, Danica McKellar? Yeah. She commented on my Instagram review. Of one of her movies, yeah. Yeah, of one of her movies page, because I was like, huge sexual energy. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> she, she said was, that? No, I said that in my review, and she said, thank you for reviewing our little movie, and she gave me a winky face emoji, and I died, and I've been dead since then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I died, and I've been dead since then. Oh, man. Anyway, let's get back to this movie. Yeah, let's do it. So he while they're doing laundry is going through Hamlet with her and he kind of puts himself in Hamlet's shoes. Well, because he is in Hamlet's shoes. Yeah. Yes, he is in Hamlet's shoes, except that his mom has not absconded with his uncle who then killed his dad with ear poison, you know. But they do sort of make a reference to a like other figure who like is not fit to be king, but would be also in the line of secession if he doesn't yes. become king. And I was like, yeah. I wonder if that's like a nod to... <laughs> Like maybe uh, an evil villain character that the mom might marry, you know, played by thing. Jeremy Irons. Yeah. <laughs> I love Jeremy Irons, though. Like, I love him. That's a Lion King joke. You're welcome. Anyway, Jeremy so, Irons was Scar, guys. Yes. A.K.A. the uncle in Hamlet, yeah. because Lion King is just 
Hamlet. I, I am today years old when I realized that his name probably isn't Scar. They just call him that because he has a Scar. Because he has one. And now I understand why he hated his family so much. I mean, for sure. If my family just called me messed up feet or like ugly feet <laughs> to my face and that was like my name, I would hate my family too. My family calls me birthmark. Wow. Do, Do they? they really? No, that was a joke. Oh, okay. Oh, I called a guy at a roast battle shoulders the other day and got an applause break but also <laughs> if i had a cool scar i would like to be called scar mikey i will call you scar whether you have a scar or not because i know what you do to women's hearts no just call me emotional scar exactly oh. they call me e-scarred e-scars were outlawed because they marketed to children <laughs> I think you're thinking of vapes. <laughs> they had strawberry scars at the gas station and I bought some. <laughs> the Surgeon General says that e-scars are dangerous. Anyway, we got to get back to this. Okay, yes, so do. Hamlet, and this is where he's kind of self-aware, I guess, in the scene where he's like, He's young and scared and not ready to make choices, and it's not easy to face that kind of pressure. Then he explains to her that words can have multiple meanings, which is wild to explain to a full adult. I don't know how wild it is. Like, she clearly understands math and science in a way that is not super common. Sure. And he understands, I think, poetry and stuff. And as, as someone who, like, I don't love poetry or, like, art, really, I don't understand it. Like, it is that level of not understanding it. I sort of, like, saw myself in her in this scene because I was like, oh, shit, okay. I guess if you want to read something and then have to, to decipher what the poet meant, what the poet should have written instead of writing some bullshit that makes you have to, like, research what they might have been feeling in that moment to understand what they wanted to portray. Like, I got why she was like, I don't understand any of this, and it's dumb. I was, like, here for it. I mean, I disagree that it's dumb and that they should just write what they feel. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. I, I feel like there is an art to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree with you, Paige. I think that I am too... I think my brain works differently, and I can appreciate art in time. I can't appreciate art in space. So, like, visual art, I don't get. But music art really impacts me. I mean, I've never been to space, so like I really can't. I, yeah, so. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> anyway, so she doesn't get it, but he finally kind of explains it to her. I don't think she ever gets it. When she does her speech at the end, it makes no sense. And it is not really comprehending what's going on in Othello. <laughs> It's just 10 things I hate about you over again. I love that, though. Like, in that scene, I love that she's, like, she stops talking about the Shakespeare part of it at all. Completely. And then, like, all of the women in that scene that are, like, I would assume grading her oral exam, which is what she's doing yeah, in that yeah, moment. Yeah. They're all, like, yes, you need to go fuck that prince from Denmark. Yeah, because they all know she's talking yes, about exactly. that prince yeah, from Denmark. Ah, she's ah, already ah, been ah, in the tabloids. Yeah, she's been in the papers at that point. They're like, yeah, you shouldn't be here. You could be the queen of Denmark one day, and it's good work if you can get it. So, like, go. Right. Uh, so we cut back to Denmark where they're photographing the king and everyone's like, where the fuck is the prince? We got to go find him. Right. We will not hear from these people again for an hour. There is no demonstration of their searching for him or how they find him. No, the first time they go to the stacks together, they pop up. And I have in my notes that there's like four scenes missing of them looking for him. <laughs> Or how they find out. There's a movie that does those characters well, and it is 
Simone. Yeah. Have you seen Simone? Yeah. So like they have a paparazzi character. Like it's actually two characters. And there's it's, a couple different movies that have done this. Yeah. Well. And they they just do those characters really well. In fact, they have some of the best lines in the movie because they are sort of comical and evil and like obsessive. And it's just a very funny way to do it. And the, honestly, you could have done this movie the same and not even had those characters had lines. They just show up because, um, of course, it would be a spectacle if the crown prince of Denmark was going to fucking college in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, I, I feel like I like the this kind of a character in the birdcage. I think the birdcage does it great. They do. You're right. I forgot about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. And and so like and all, all we need is like one or two scenes where it's like I got a hot tip from somebody like there's we have no idea how they found out. It is lost to the sands of time. Yeah. Uh, so she gets an A on her Shakespeare midterm. He's still getting D's in chemistry. Right. And he's cleaning the oil traps under the fryer. Todd, did you ever have to do this when you worked at a restaurant? <laughs> My first job was a uh, cook at Sonic. And I don't know if you've oh, been to Sonic. Oh, then you definitely but they did. definitely feature the fryer. Yep. So yeah, we had three fryers oh, and I had yes. cleaned yep. all of them. And you, the way he like released the grease to like, and it yep. shoots all over him. Like that's how you release the grease in ours, but you would have to have like a bucket there to catch it. Right. Yep. And then you would mm -hmm. clean out the inside of the, yeah. So like what he was doing, I was like, Oh, okay. This was me when I was like 15 till I was 18. Yeah. So I actually <laughs> have, I have a deep fryer. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Paige. And it has a spigot on the outside yeah. to vent the oil like this. You'd have to, yeah. You have to. You have to be able to, and you. I don't use it all the time. I use it like we're about to get it out and set it up to do donuts and oh. uh, apple fritters. But like, it's one of those things where it's like we use it and then we vent and strain the oil and just store it until the next time we need. You know, like so, yeah. But I was like, oh no, he didn't have a bucket. Oh no. Yeah, I've definitely done what he's done here. I not spill it, but like cleaned a fryer like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is where her roommate kind of tricks her into inviting him home for Thanksgiving because she knows that she has a crush on him. Yes. And so she tries to ask him first. And then Julia Stiles asks because she knows that she's gonna like, yes. I don't think she even cared about asking him for Thanksgiving. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yes. Because the roommate who is probably a named character, but forgive me, I don't remember the name. They they never introduce her. I mean, at best, maybe they give her, maybe she says hi, insert name in the beginning of the movie, but we never hear her name again. Yeah, but like, when she, this in this scene, her roommate is very much like, if you don't ask him, I'm gonna ask him because she knows that that will prompt Julia yes. Stiles to ask him. When the roommate goes over to ask him, and then Julia Stiles like, comes over and says, will you come to Thanksgiving with me? The roommate looks thrilled that her plan worked and yep. that he's going to go with her to Thanksgiving. I don't think the roommate wanted him to go. No, to, no. Her. I, I think yeah. her plan worked. Yes. Yeah, same. Uh, so we cut to the dorm where he's getting ready to leave and he's going to leave Soren at the campus for five days and their other roommate Scotty is leaving as well. Yeah. So Soren's going to be alone in that dorm room for five days more or less. Yep. Meanwhile, we cut to the farm where they arrive for Thanksgiving and we meet her two brothers and kind of her whole little like family. And we get to see her bedroom with her her guard moose, which is very cute. Yes. the Gus the guard moose was very Gus adorable. Gus the guard yeah. moose. Mm -hmm. um, but she's pointing out on her map all the places she wants to go. And they get like really close to almost kissing in this scene. They do, yeah. Because I think he's finally like learning more about her. And her dad is like, knock, knock. Your room's across from ours and we sleep with the door open. And I was like, oh, right. It's 2004. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, they uh. offer to have him help with 
like farm chores the next day and she's like oh no he's gonna be terrible at it he's like no i'll do it i'll do it cut to a montage of him chasing a cow where he runs crazy yes he does run crazy so crazy page that one of the cows looking at him trips over herself because yeah. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck is this human doing? I've never seen a human run with his arms like that. I've never seen a human dog paddle and run at the same time. <laughs> you mean you've never seen a prince run? Yeah, apparently. Y'all Jeez. never seen me run underwater? <laughs> no, I have not. I can confidently say I have not. Well, I'm going to capture a video of it and put the theme to Chariots of Fire over it, and you're going to love it. <laughs> so... He tries to milk a cow. He's not great at it. Uh, But as he's kind of walking back from or towards uh, the house for dinner, he sees the lawnmowers and finds out that they race lawnmowers. And he kind of pulls the hood back and he's like, I can make it faster. Yeah. Because he tricked out his mom's car. So they're like, nah, I don't believe you, but fine. So we cut to Thanksgiving. And this is where he kind of finds out about their business and like, that they all have to work with the other dairies locally. And it's like a whole thing. It's the interdependent or we all lose. But in the background, if you look behind them, they have a black fridge that is painted to look like a cow. I did not notice that, but I love that. I like that. It's too. a cow fridge. Oh, man. Oh, excuse me. Oh, moo. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, one of her brothers is like, so what's up with you and my sister? He's too good looking for you, which is Definitely something a brother would say, but it's also mean. Super rude. Yeah, super mean. That's okay. (laughs) But at this point, the table is kind of like, where even is Denmark? Is Denmark a real place? Is it? Yeah, it's the home of Lars Ulrich and Helena Christensen. And they're like, aha! How is it not a superpower? Well, because both those people currently live in the U.S. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like their prince. True, actually. (laughs) So we cut to the lawnmower derby. Where they have a weird rival that's like super violent, but also looks like he might be half caveman. Like, yeah, super violent in so much is that like he is really passionate about lawnmower racing. Yeah. And like if you get in his way, he might kill you like he's that kind of insane, like probably actually did the murder that someone from this county is currently in jail for. That's all I'm saying. Right, right, right. Yeah. Manitowoc County has not looked into this guy. Well, I don't know if you know this, but part of the plot is that he is related to the sheriff. Ooh. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a cover-up. Conspiracy. Uh, but so they they start out prepping for the race. And as they do, Julia Stiles is in the, like, stands with her mom. And her mom's like, chemistry isn't just a class and you guys have it. And I'm like, who wrote this? Like... I love that line. That's a terrible line. (laughs) That's terrible. But she then expresses something that I think is very valid that no one goes on to explore in this film, uh, where she's like, I have always resisted the urge to to get married, especially young, because I worked hard for things that I want and I do not want to give them up to have a family right now. Yeah. Completely valid. She says this and people are like, whatever, weirdo. (laughs) That's how I felt in Mississippi. Most of of my friends were married by senior year of college or they were getting married. And I was like, I'm 21. Y'all are not in a good mental capacity to do this. I mean, it it depends on the people. But like, I very much was like her where I'm like, I have things I want to do. And it's not that right right now. Even now when people are like, you're married. So when are you having kids? And I'm like, 
that is not compatible with my life right now. And also, please don't ask people that. Like, Yeah, please don't. I have very close friends who like tried for a long, long time to have kids and can't. And like, you don't ever know if like a couple is in that situation and like how like heart wrenching that question can be. It's so mean. Like, it is a really mean question. But there are very good alternatives to biological children. You yes, could. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you could go out and steal a child. there are but it's also just none of your fucking business exactly normalize asking your friends when they're going to steal a child sure (laughs) but yeah no that's that's something that i get asked a lot and it's like i'm sure it's like first of all i live in a one-bedroom apartment and secondly in this economy like there are so many reasons why this cannot happen and all this does is reminds us of why it can't happen right it's a fucked up question don't ask people why they don't have kids it's not your fucking business it's not cool basically yeah so they start the race he ends up winning the bad guy punches him in the face. He wins a jar of marbles. Yeah. That's never explained. I don't understand why the marbles. I don't know why he wins marbles, but I love that. Like it means something to him and he sort of likes it. And he's like all about it. Like he saves that jar. He's of marbles. excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And gives it back to her. It's like a sort whole thing. of love that. Yeah. Like whatever. It is weird, but I love that he loves it. Yeah. It's implied that they ride back to the farm on the mower. Well, the mowers, they, they say the mowers can go 52 miles an hour. And he's like, I know. I can make like, highway speed. I know. Yeah. So like I totally bought that they could have ridden back on the lawnmower <laughs> but like the only thing that doesn't make sense is it would be 31 degrees outside and they're yes. wearing like t-shirts. <laughs> like there's no way they both didn't get hypothermia. Right. Uh, but And so she's like giving him some like first aid from the cut that he got from getting punched from that guy. And she's like, hey, by the way, people are asking questions and think we're involved. Uh, and he's like, And she's like, but we're not. And he's like, we're not. And then they end up making out. And this is actually a very good kiss. The kisses in this movie are pretty great. Yeah. Like, you kind of believe their chemistry, but this is the good part of the movie. This is the second act where the movie Mm -hmm. works. So they're making out and he's like, I'm going to walk you to your door and say goodnight because this is the early 2000s and saying no to sex is what in movies makes him air quotes a good guy. Right. I don't think I'm a good guy. (laughs) <laughs> I love how Mikey is currently having the Justin Long moment from Barbarian, but like he'll immediately go back to being a bad guy after having the realization. <laughs> so we cut to they get back to campus. Soren has become like a halo aficionado in the interim. I gave seven purity rings out too, but <laughs> <laughs> one to the elves, <laughs> <laughs> one to the blondes. anyway we cut to them in the library reading and they're like like looking at like they're like making eyes at each other and then they go to hold hands and then hold hands under the table and i was like oh damn okay i don't know why this is working for me but it's working for me okay and then her friend just writes stacks yeah. on her notebook. Because her friend is like just trying to get her laid. And I love that for her. Get like, it yeah. in Julia Stiles. And honestly, had the paparazzi not showed up, I think that was gonna what was going to happen. Yeah, I think so too. Which is kind of scandalous for this period of time in teen film. Well, okay. For that to like happen. Yeah, but it, it just doesn't happen. You know what I'm it saying? It didn't like, happen. But if they would have fucked in the stacks, yeah. Oh, I would have been here for it. I would have been like, oh, it's like modern day atonement. Let's do this shit. It's not like modern day atonement. It's like the prequel that I'm trying to get made for King Ralph 
where we see the king or whatever go back to Vegas and gutter hump Auntie Connie and <laughs> or Grandma, Grandma, Connie. Grandma Connie or Grandma whatever Connie. Yeah, over a dumpster. That is what it would be. Like literally her grandson would become king of Denmark when they have a horrible photo accident. What do you what do you think about this, Todd? I like what you're talking about. What if it's like a super serious atonement tone, Ooh. but it's actually a prequel to King Ralph where they have this lurid affair in Vegas and then they both Drugs, end, sex, yeah. rock and roll. But then they end brokenhearted and separate and they're yeah. crying and the movie ends and it shows that she's pregnant. Because her little sister like watched it and then wrote a book about it but uh-huh. didn't actually do anything uh-huh. about it. Because she's got strong little sister energy. Atonement is a terrible movie. I hate, hate that movie. But I love what you're pitching me for. What would that be? Prince Ralph? What would you call the prequel to King Ralph? No, it would have a different name. And then it would just be at the end. It'd be like, please and follow this family. And his name was King Ralph. Yeah. She had a grandchild who ascended the throne. His name was King Ralph. Love it. I would argue that Atonement is a very well-made movie with very frustrating source material. How about that? Oh, yeah. yeah I don't think the movie was executed poorly. Like, I feel like the director, yes. the actors, all of that. Amazing. Hate the story so much, I hate the yes. movie. Yes. Yeah, and that's the source material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, they go up to the stacks and they get, like, into it. It's oh, his shirt comes super off. super hot. Yeah, I was like, go, go, go. Yeah. They're entering what I learned as a, a very religious youth was referred to as heavy petting. They're entering that phase of makeout. Oh, yes, I remember that. I used to refer to my room as the heavy petting zoo. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and still does, ladies. <laughs> That's why Mikey's fridge is colored like a cow. Because <laughs> it's a heavy petting suit. Because his house is utterly ridiculous. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm Man. just saying. Thank you, Paige. Thank I you. won't steer you wrong. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say when it comes to lovemaking, Mikey's the goat. When you mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> well, the horn. One horn, yeah. Horn, horny. Uh, anyway, so had the paparazzi not showed up, they were going to speed bump right over heavy petting into like getting four and a half inches deep or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect amount. <laughs> I'm just guesstimating based on his whiteness and stature. So. <laughs> And ability to dance. And ability to dance. Yeah. So paparazzi shows up. We don't know how they found them. The movie doesn't care to explain it doesn't matter yeah they run this is where he's like she was like why are they calling you prince edward he's like because i'm a prince she's like there's are there a lot of them or are you in he's like i'm kind of in she's like you lied to me and he's like i just didn't want to be a prince and she's like but i like we love each other but like you were pretending and i and whatever so she runs off into the rain the fact that she got immediately mad at him for this and didn't respond by saying Wait, you're doing a coming to America? Yeah. It made me so mad. I would be like, holy shit, I know someone who's doing a coming to America. Um, not only are you doing a coming to America, you're doing a prince and the pauper. This has happened so many times. I know. Like, this is a common thing. For a rural agricultural community to, one, read Prince and the Pauper, and two, like coming to America probably not going to happen. I mean, Prince and the Popper is a very simplistic story that's been around for a long time. Yeah. And there was a Disney version of it. Yeah. You know, Minnesotans are very simple people as well. Wisconsin. I also discovered what name I want to call the King Ralph prequel, and that is Coming in America. No. Oh, I feel like it's not going to set the serious tone. Uh-uh. Royal Affair. Oh, I'm here for Royal Affair, Mikey. Let's do it. 
So he gets up the next day. He he pulls Soren away from the TV by dousing him with water. <laughs> I do love that Soren becomes obsessed with Halo because I do too. Yeah, same. That was me, like in high school. That a hundred percent. So he goes to chemistry, but now they have new lab partners, and the cameras are trying to follow him, but they force him out of the classroom. Um, and they play the same song. And at this point, I'm like, there's only one song in this movie, and it's not even a song people know, and it's obtrusively kind of not great. Yeah, they had to pay a little bit for that song and they're getting a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah, but it's also not like there's nothing. There's no hook to that song. Do you know what the song title is, Paige? Uh, I saw it in the closed captions. It literally is, I hope I don't fall in love with yeah, you. I hope I don't fall in love with you. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, God. Not to blow my load for like Fun facts. next week and then the sequel to next week. Oh, okay. But like in, in <gasps> the sequel to next week, they Are use... Are we doing it, Paige? We're doing it. Hell yes! I'm so excited! Sorry, 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 sorry. In, in the sequel to next week... So excited. They use a cover of Elvis Presley's Love Me Tender that is... Okay. So incredibly hot. I ran out of the theater to try and find a copy of it on the soundtrack. Nice. And it's this is the opposite of that. That's how I felt about Memphis Bell's Danny Boy. And you can't mm. get it on the soundtrack because Harry Connick actually owns the rights to that version. Oh, interesting. In in the sequel to next week, it's Nora Jones Ugh. doing Love Me Tender. And oof, mug. Oof, is it good? No Starbucks is safe from Nora Jones. No Starbucks <laughs> is safe. And aggressively, this song is the opposite where it's not fun to listen to. It, you don't really follow it. There's nothing like it's not a song that I'm going to deliberately listen to later. I think another example of a better version of this is one we haven't done. Uh, do you remember a walk to remember? Do I remember a walk to remember? <laughs> do you remember yes. a walk to remember? Uh a Walk to Remember's soundtrack had a bunch of stuff by Switchfoot, which was a Christian band that like crossed over at the time. And that soundtrack was hot fire. Like, yeah. and, and it's all like kind of slower, more romantic songs, but you're just like, oh, damn. And this, this song has no ooh, damn to it. No. At all. It is the most boring song. And if you're watching both of your main characters, you also realize it's impossible to dance to. It is impossible to <laughs> dance to. They are terrible dancers. I yes. was noticing that the whole well, time. Well, I think Paige might be onto something that either they weren't playing the song in the scenes when they, they shot were. it, which is not super uncommon, but yeah. I think it may have been a different song because they're dancing at a slightly different tempo. Yes, they are. I, so, it has to be a different song. Yeah. I think in my mind, it must have been something that was a classic and they couldn't get the rights to. Yeah, it was definitely, they were trying to use Dare You to Move by Switchfoot, but they couldn't uh, afford it. So they went no. with this song. I still think Dare You to Move is a romantic song and I I get it. I know I'm wrong, but it's fine. Anyway, <laughs> I still have that soundtrack somewhere. So back in Denmark, his parents find out about the paparazzi shit and they're like, you got to come home right now because your dad is coughing blood into a napkin. Yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. He's like, oh shit, are we already at the third act? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He didn't even show me the picture of the girl he's going to get back to after the war. <laughs> so we cut to her oral report on Othello. Yeah. And this is the 10 things I hate about you moment. This is the 10 things I hate about you. I was like, but also Iago, I don't even hate you at all. And like just nonsense. <laughs> I love how all the women are like, yes, 
go you need to go yeah. to denmark Be with him and they cut to like the guy who's in there like the professor guy who's in there with the other female professor and he's like i don't think she understands othello yeah clearly <laughs> she has no idea what goes on in othello like he clearly does not get what is going on in pop culture yeah, around he's like them. i think we need to fail her like <laughs> yeah he's like we're never doing oral exams ever again i guarantee <laughs> you that professor has done many oral exams oh, probably boy. in his office hours yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's always the English ones. <laughs> anyway, so uh, she's like, oh, my God, I've got to go to Denmark. So she runs to his dorm. The roommate answers. and He's like, he left after his last final, but he left her the marble jar and the letter with a wax seal, too. <laughs> like, and it says, you lost your marbles for not choosing me. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that he is trying to go undercover as a prince, but he's wearing his fucking signet ring the entire movie, and he brought his wax seal with him. Right? You have to do official correspondence. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm being ridiculous for thinking that's no, crazy. No, no. Todd's right. Uh, but I also would have loved if she had opened the letter and it was just like, Toodles, your marbles, meet us in Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> you remember, Eddie. Oh, there you are, Peter. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Sobbing. I haven't watched Hook since he died. Every I time. I oh, can't. I can't. I can't oh, watch it. Yeah, I, I haven't done that since he died either. So, uh, yeah, Prince ate my Triscuits and didn't replace them uh, is, is gone. Yeah. Uh, so she decides to go to Denmark and all of her friends rush to like split it across all of their credit cards, which is very funny. But as she leaves, we see the letter from Johns Hopkins fall and we know that she did get yeah, in. She absolutely got in. Yeah. Mm hmm. So she flies to Denmark, gets in a taxi, and there's a parade for the royal family to, like, I'm guessing, come home. Like, him coming home. No, they're going to open the first session of Parliament for oh, that year. Because you see the prince literally go. complete that duty. But, yeah, I, but of course, like, they're in the papers there. Like, Paige is yeah. in the papers, Eddie's in the papers because of his right. American dalliance with the dairy Ooh. industry. And he... Um, <laughs> dairy industry yeah. <laughs> is that what you call getting up close and personal with her udders yep oh, but yeah. he like doesn't see her because everyone's chanting his name and he yeah, like, yeah. Call she is like calling out to him in a different way but like it just like drowns out in the the noise right so he doesn't see her but then when people start chanting her name because they realize it's her well they that's notice when he turns her around yeah and they're like Paige morgan joan wilder like that kind <laughs> of like craziness yeah uh, so they just start chanting her name and he pulls her up onto the horse and they race back to the castle and at this point I no was like, they race to parliament oh no you're right parliament first and then they he almost takes his horse into parliament like it climbs right, up right. the steps they jump off they run in and i love how the guy who announces him clearly doesn't read the papers because he goes right prince eddie and a guest <laughs> like he, everyone else seems to know who she, who she is by name right right they've established that that is a plot point this is the one guy in all of denmarkia that does not know her name denmarkia it's just denmark i know i know i was just being silly anyway at this point i was like how is there 45 minutes of this movie left i thought the movie was over when he picked her up off the off yes. the ground and put her on the horse that's where it should have ended yes agree mikey because then it ends without her achieving her lifelong dream yeah. and then yeah. just fully realizing that she doesn't need to be a doctor she just needs to become queen and pop out some kids at least if it ends there we just don't even know or care about their dreams anymore We're like oh they fell in love it's a movie over anyway so 
after Parliament, they get to the palace and Soren is kind of giving her a, a tour. But he's talking to his parents and they're just like, his mom is like, no, hard pass. And his dad is just like, eh, what are you going to do? Marry her. <laughs> like, let's do it. <laughs> I love that the dad's like, listen, I'm going to be dead in like three minutes because of plot. So like, marry her. I don't give a shit. Although I do <laughs> sort of feel bad for his wife, the queen, the king's wife yeah. in the scene, because he's he literally says in front of his wife about his son marrying the woman he actually yes. loves. He says... It's at the end of a man's life that he realizes how important the decisions he made at the beginning of his life were, thereby insinuating that he should not have married his wife. Yes. Which I oh, thought geez. was incredibly rude. Yeah. Or I thought they were going to reveal that she was a commoner. Me too, but they never do, which makes me believe that the king hates his wife. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway... So he gets done talking to them. He goes and finds Paige and he's like, but Paige, there is a scene where she should have revealed that because there, the yeah. scene where the queen is like, I realize you're the best thing that could have happened to my son. And I should yes. have known it all along because when I went to college in Wisconsin, I fell in yes. love with my professor uh-huh, who turned uh-huh, out to be uh-huh. the other undercover crown prince of Denmark. Right. Yes. Which is another prequel I want to this movie called Coming in America. No. I'm sticking with the name. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's the worst part. It is the worst part. He goes and finds Paige and is like, hey, uh, glad you're here. Something important to tell you. Uh, My dad's sick. I'm going to be king. Uh, But so here's a butterfly and a Tiffany's ring. Please marry me. And then somehow they catch that butterfly after it flies away because she has it in her room. Which is bonkers because they clearly show it flying away and they capture it later. I honestly think the prince just has a bunch of butterflies he uses in this type of situation. And it's not the same (laughs) butterfly as later. Like that butterfly did fly away. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's like John Woo's doves. He just has a thousand doves. And he's releasing different doves every time. I thought you were saying dubs, and I was like, a John Woo dubstep? I was like, that sounds awesome. It doesn't, though. Have you seen Mission Impossible 2? It's not awesome, Mikey. Have you seen Hard Target? (laughs) As a dubstep? (laughs) Anyway, so she says yes, which is bonkers, because they've known each other max four months. Well, how long is a semester? Is it it's about four or five months, right? Right. Because they meet at the beginning of the that semester. They fall in love over that semester and then they September, October, November. November, December. So like four months. Yeah, four months. So she says yes. Of course. Which is infuriating. Oh, sorry. Because well, because it's just crazy. So she wakes up the next day. Uh, and there's servants. She meets Arabella. She's got a schedule. And we get like a montage of her doing all the stuff, the royal stuff. The queen doesn't like her. She's getting her dress measurement for the coronation ball and like all of this stuff. Um, and then we start to see her kind of attending stuff. So she does like that big old shovel scoop of dirt at the groundbreaking and is like, oh, I'm a farm girl. And the paparazzi loves her. I feel like the people love her too, like because she is very much like a commoner. And I mean that like yes. as a compliment. Yes. Uh, then there's like the ribbon cutting at the hospital and she's like taking pictures with the kids and they love that, but it's ignoring that there was like a healthcare system, like that it was ignoring the issue that they were there to discuss. Well, it was the issue of they had just built a 1 billion kroner hospital that like was now available for public use. Was it like $15? Come on. <laughs> I don't think that's the exchange rate, but I'm happy to look it up. Like Anyway, we end that montage by finding out that the king is like full scale dying. 
And now Eddie has to run the negotiations for the labor unions. And this is where they sit for six hours watching them argue over it. But he does figure out a way to make everyone happy. And this kind of turns the tide for the queen because the queen asks to see her and Soren's like, I'll be with you the whole time. And they get there and the queen's like, get out. And he's like, bye, you're on your own. I <laughs> love like- that so much. Because <laughs> I mean, honestly, like he would have to leave. Like she outranks Soren, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was very funny. By the way, Mikey, one billion kroner in U.S. dollars today. I don't know what it was in 2004 would be nine four million dollars which you could build a hospital for 94 million dollars yeah you could so yeah so the queen basically is like look i like tradition and i don't like change which is why i have struggled with you but you clearly have had a positive impact on my son yeah so let's make this work essentially which of course means that in the span of five minutes the queen's been like i hate her just kidding let's make it work with necklaces so they go to the jewel cabinet this also would have been a great place for the queen to be like when i came here from my farm i had never seen yeah when i came here from my farm in sweden or some you know what wherever yes, you whatever know. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah russia then she would have been a part of the proletariat mikey yeah there you go she could have dangled that prolariat in front of the king right. and he was like oh i'm gonna marry that farm maiden or whatever they're called in Russia. Milkmaid. Milkmaid. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because her udders. Hell yeah. Uh Yeah. So she picks out necklaces. We cut to the ball. She is fully wearing Hermione's dress. And like blatantly so. Like, should I pull up a picture of Hermione's dress versus hers so you guys can see? Yes. Okay. This is Hermione's dress. It very much is that exact same dress. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. That is the same dress. (laughs) Right? What movie was that in? Was that um, Prisoner of Azkaban? No, it's got to be Goblet of Fire. It's Goblet of Fire because she goes with Victor Crumb. That's right, that's right, that's right. And then this is the dress from the movie we just watched. But it is very much the same thing. It's the same, basically. Fun fact, Paige. The Goblet of Fire came out the year after this movie. So (laughs) the Goblet of Fire ripped off the prince in me for Hermione's dress. Yeah, that's wild. Did you put your dress in the Goblet of Fire? Hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, so they dance and he's like, I requested our song. And it's, again, this fucking boring nonsense song okay this is my least favorite scene because it not only is it like a remix of whatever song this is i don't like the fade fade in speed thing they do here well and it's in part is because they can't dance to the song that's playing because they're dancing at a different tempo so clearly something else was playing and it was probably like an instrumental version of whatever classic song they had picked beforehand yeah they couldn't get the rights to space jam or like open arms or something crazy like whatever uh, anyway, so he pulls her into a private room, but the door is fully open. He doesn't even bother to close it. And so they go into like a further private room where they make out for a little bit, which is kind of like, yeah. Uh-huh. but he has to go with and speak with the king of Norway to handle some trade stuff. And so he goes to talk to his dad and then Soren closes the door. And it's almost like this is the first time in her life when she's like, oh, he has to do stuff as king. <laughs> oh, he has responsibilities. <laughs> what an idiot. This sucks. I hate this. I'm going to break up with him. It's like in, oh, I guess you guys haven't seen that one yet. I was going to say it's like in 365 too, where Massimo has to go back to doing mob shit. And she's like, you're always out of doing the mob shit. Uh, Paige, I am saving myself for when we do that episode. (laughs) You lost, baby girl. It's a Mia Massimo. I'm a mobster doing the mob things. Anyway. So he reveals that he got her a deli slicer and makes her a sandwich. And she's just like, we got to break up. 
Yeah. Because you give the worst gifts. <laughs> I still want to doctor. Um, yes. That, that is actually why they break up. She wasn't offended he bought her a meat slicer. Honestly, I would love a meat slicer. I just don't have a place to put it on my counter. So. Imagine how much like that frees you up to buy just slabs of meat instead of like pre-sliced meat. Ooh. I have sources for slabs. Yeah, I do too. It's called Kroger. No, like, I mean, like, <laughs> actual, like... Oh, okay. She knows cows. I know cows, my dude. Oh, my bad. So so he's like, I can't make you stay, and it's kind of sad. So he goes and gets all coronated and shit and gets to hold the holy hand grenade. Right. Uh, which... I looked up because I was like, I don't know what to call it other than the holy hand grenade. Regalia. No, oh, it my is bad. specifically called the Sovereign's Orb. The Sovereign's Orb, as part of the Crown Jewels, is officially named, is a symbol of godly power. A cross above a globe, it represents Christ's dominion over the world as the monarch is God's representative on earth. Tell me you should have been killed in a rebellion without telling me you should have been killed in a rebellion. Like, that is what that means to me. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling it Holy Hand Grenade because that's more fun. Yeah, way more fun. Anyway, he makes a speech. and It's a, it's a good speech. And yeah. she watches some of it, but then she leaves and she goes back to the farm. You hear that speech when you buy land. <laughs> <laughs> You'd know this if you were a landowner page. Uh, uh -huh. Part of the signing when you like sign all the paperwork for your house uh -huh. and stuff, they like <laughs> do this. You have to like kneel on a pillow and they hand you the holy hand grenade and it's uh -huh. a whole thing. Uh -huh. yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess I'll just never know. You'll know, Paige. You'll know. I mean, not in this market, but sure. So she graduates uh, and they say, say cheese curds as they take a photo, which is fun. Yeah. And delicious. Cheese curds are amazing. Cheese curds are amazing. And it turns out that he's standing there. He's there. He's like, I came. I want you. And But also, they're on a lawn. I don't know how she didn't see him before, but whatever. And also, he has no security. Like, he is, at this point, the legit king of Denmark. And just standing around. Yeah. He's standing under a tree in Wisconsin. He would have security. Okay. Okay. I don't want to offend any Demarkians or whatever. Yeah. Denmarkese, I think is how you say it. Yeah, Danes. Yeah. Danes. <laughs> we the know Danish Paige. people. We're just being silly. Well, at least I know. I don't know that Mikey knows. As a country. How important is it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the king can actually it's, it's really important because they actually have a lot of the world's wealth. Like Denmark is is not insignificant, I would say. But what about architecturally? Actually, very significant. <laughs> yeah, they, they have, have really beautiful architecture. You see some in this movie, actually. Yeah. I will go to Copenhagen someday. I promise oh, you. Oh, I would go too. Yeah. But they do show off some Denmarkian architecture in this movie. Like as she first gets there, her taxi driver's like, hey, that's parliament. Those are two dragon tails spinning up there. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway, she says Denmark isn't ready for a queen like me. And he says they'll have to be because I am. Yeah. And they kiss. And that's, that's the, movie. the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think of The Prince and Me? Eh. Yeah. yeah. That's sort of how I felt about it, too. Like, it's fine. It's not great. I'm looking forward to the sequel because I really want to see where the story goes. I, God, hope we'd never do the sequel. Julia Stiles isn't even in the sequel. I think she's in the first one, but not the second one. No, she does not come back for any of them. Well, then that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah, they recast her in the next one. In my mind, the reason they recast her isn't because Julia Stiles didn't want to be in the second one. It's because Julia Stiles went off and did her doctoring shit. And right, then and this he is a different girl. somebody else and just calls her her name. Ju like he calls his new wife Paige because he can't deal with the fact that Paige left him. Yes. But Paige, do you have some fun facts for us? I do. Well, hit us with your fun facts. Kids Princely stuff, fun facts. Fun facts. 
So fun facts. Uh, this was filmed in Toronto, mostly. And on a break from rehearsals while filming, Luke Mabley, who plays the the prince, and Ben, who plays Soren. Yeah. Ben Miller, who plays Soren, went out in character to the Four Seasons and convinced them that they were the prince of Denmark and his conciliary. <laughs> Love it. And uh, managed to get high tea and cake with six waiters around them bowing before they revealed the ruse. I love that. That's pretty fun. That is yeah. fun, yeah. I did mention this briefly, but during the release of this movie, the real heir to the Danish throne, Crown Prince Frederick, married his Australian fiance, Mary Donaldson, a commoner who is now known as Crown Princessa Mary. Uh, but just like this movie, Mary didn't know that he was of royal blood when they met and found out after they were kind of already dating. That's awesome. I just realized that the guy who plays Soren is also... I've seen him in something before. Lord Archibald Featherington and, and Bridgerton. <gasps> that is where I've seen him! Yeah. <sighs> he has a very sad storyline. But I liked him on Bridgerton. He Me too. was great. Yeah. Anyway, so when she gets in the cab with the cab driver, it's subtitled as just shouting in Danish. Yeah. But what he actually says is, move your asses up there. <laughs> As like a direct translation. Nice. But, so when he first comes back to his room before he sees the girl, Girls Gone Wild commercial, he actually turns on the TV to To Catch a Thief, a movie from 1955 starring Grace Kelly. Yeah. Grace Kelly, also an American who became a European princess because she was the princess of Monaco. Yeah. Well, eventually became that because she married the king, right? Or the man who became the king. She married the prince and then uh, died, unfortunately, yeah. in a car accident years later. Yeah. So during the coronation... The the bishop says, Edward, you shall from this day forward be king. Receive these regals and always focus on the best for Denmark. Keep that in your heart. Receive the apple of the kingdom, which will help you become the king Denmark deserves. And I just included this fun fact because I like to think of them calling that sovereign orb the apple of the kingdom. Kind of like, you know, chicken of the sea yeah. or something. <laughs> anyway, so her oral final on Shakespeare is for the play Othello which is kind of a coincidence because Julia Stiles starred in an adaptation of Othello three years before this movie called yep. O, but she also was in, in 1999, an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew for 10 Things I Hate About You. So it's kind of funny that she doesn't know any Shakespeare and at this point in her career has done mostly adaptations of Shakespeare. Yeah, and then she was like, enough of that. Let's do the Born Identity movies. Honestly, she's really great. She is great. Yes, I love those. Yeah. So... Manitowoc, Wisconsin, home of making a murderer, uh, is about 30 minutes south of Denmark, Wisconsin. What? what? Which means that they could have set this in Denmark, Wisconsin, and they did it, and I don't know why. Honestly, like, I get, like, that you could see, oh, that's just too much. That's, like, too over the top. But, like, that's, like, the over the top that this movie needs. Right. Yeah, I would have been here for that. That would have been very similar to a film that's very close to all three of our hearts, the Night Before Christmas. K-N-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Exactly. Or as I say in that episode, K-N-I-T. <laughs> Can I get... So the prince in this movie, uh, the, the actor who played the prince, cut himself on the meat slicer. Oh, no. And so at the coronation ball, you can actually see that his finger is wrapped in a bandage and then a condom over it to cover the wound. In 
the scene where they break up, there is actually a portrait of George Washington behind them on the wall. Why? You might think it's weird, except that George Washington was a direct descendant of Hafton, the king of Denmark and Sweden. What? Really? Yes. Wow. Okay, and those cool. Are your fun facts. Wow. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So what do you think the production budget was for The Prince and Me in 2004? Um, I, uh, this might be kind of expensive and Julia Stiles was pretty popular at the time. She was. This is peak Julia Stiles. This is peak Julia Stiles. I'm going to say this cost 30 mil. Okay. Mm, I'm not going to, I'm going to say 20. All right. Paige, you're exactly right. The budget was $30 million. And if you adjust for inflation for today, that's $47 million. But this movie premiered on April 2nd, 2004. It was number six in the theaters the week it premiered. It was beat by Hellboy. Walking Tall, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Number four was Home on the Range. Number five was a religious snuff film called The Passion of the Christ. Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Number six was this movie, The Prince and Me. So what do you think it made in its opening weekend? Again, April 2nd, 2004. Six million dollars. No. This was very popular at the time. I'm going to say 18 million. Okay. Mikey's closer, but a little bit under. It was $9.4 million is what it made in its opening weekend. What do you think it made domestically in its total box office run? I'm going to say 40 million. I think it made just a bit of profit and then cleaned up on the DVD market, and that's why I made a bunch of direct to DVD sequels. Yeah. No, I'm, I agree with you, except I'm going to say 55. Okay, it made $28.1 million in the domestic box office. It made $1.9 million internationally, though, which puts the total right at $30 million, just barely over the budget for this movie. Although I bet it did make money in the DVD market and like the whole market performance, I'm sure did make a little bit of money. I mean, they continued to make straight to DVD sequels to this. I think there are four total the Prince and Me movie, so they made three sequels to this, I believe. Well, and one of them is a theatrical release, I believe. Oh, maybe. I God, I hope we don't find out one day. But that is your box office. What about the romance scale? How romantic did you find this film, Paige? Two. I was going to say one. I don't find it very romantic at all. I don't really love, like, I don't think they have great chemistry, but. Oh, uh, I'm going to give it, I thought the second act, I had a strong four to five on the second act, and then back down to one or two at the beginning and the end. Okay. What is your total for the whole movie then? Three. Okay. I, I'm only giving it a two for that second act. Okay. So this week I made you guys watch The Prince and Me. Paige, what are you making us watch next week, even though I already know? So I talked about this last week when we did King King Ralph. Yeah. Uh, and the best, uh, I think the best <laughs> royalty <laughs> rom-com out there. But neither of you have seen the alternative version, the, the lady version. And I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't watched it in about 20 years. I don't know if it holds up. We will but find we're out. We're going to find out when we watch Princess Diaries next week. Hell <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to revisit Genovia. I also haven't seen it since it came out like forever I've ago. I've never seen it. Nice. Here's the thing, Mikey. I think you might love it. Yeah. Anne Hathaway. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. You got some good teeth. I remember <laughs> it being very sweet. And it is teenagers. It's like a teen rom-com kind of. It is, okay. yeah. But I, I remembered liking it so much when it came out. So I'm, I hope it holds up. Well, your homework for next week is to get wine drunk and revisit your youth by watching Princess Diaries and then check back for yes. that episode. Including Julie Andrews. Yes. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Pulling it up now. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read 
Windy Sky Kicker. Well, what does Windy Sky Kicker have to say? Uh, wine, chocolates, and rose petals. Oh, okay. I have not loved romantic comedy since I was in high school, and these three hilarious hosts remind me of why. Same, though. Hard same. Whether you love rom-coms for their happy endings, winky blinky, All right. winky emoji, or hate them for giving you unrealistic expectations, this podcast will have you in tears of laughter. Oh, Five stars. Love that twist ending on that review. Thank you so much, Wendy Skykicker, for that amazing five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on, but Paige... Gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, oh. SHO, like Showtime. So, guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And, guys, we got a P.O. box. So, if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To royal completion. You want to play with my crown jewels? Oh, my God. Bye! Wannabe prince nerds.